Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready? Let's go! From the IMLD Home Studios, in its ninth season, you are listening to, in much less detail, the podcast, where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Your football party is live with your hosts, Jay and Dre. The big one, the big whole two-hour football party is indeed live where we recap week 11, which feels like it was six months ago because of the Thanksgiving holiday, and then get you ready for the rest of week 12 tomorrow. You are listening to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. We are here with you live on a Saturday night, November the 27th, 2021. I'm Dre. He's Jay. Uh, anyone expecting us on the air Wednesday night to do our triple gobble preview? My apologies. I have the weirdest 24-hour bug that had my voice sounding really shaky, and Jay said it was probably a good idea to just bang the whole thing, and that's what I did, canceled the show, and set it up for two hours, the big football party here Saturday night, which was uh, not what Jay wanted at all coming off of his retail job and Black Friday and everything that that entails. I just asked him before the show what his energy level was for this two-hour football party, and he used a word that no one has ever used to describe either one of us in the 45 years that we have been on this planet. And, Jay, that word was? Concise. (laughs) That's hilarious. Us concise. Oh, well, well by we're going to try anyway. We, 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 we might have to, like, skimp on the after show tonight. Okay. Understandable. I, I mean, I can, I can go. Uh, yeah, last, last, uh, last week uh, feels like another life ago after <laughs> going through um, a, a long week, <laughs> uh, you know, then having the holiday, an all, you know, pretty much an all-day holiday. Thanksgiving goes all day long. I mean, from the time I get up until the time I go to bed, it's Thanksgiving. It's not just a, a couple hours. It's, it's it's an event in this house. So we were doing stuff all day, uh, mixed in with family time and family dinner, and you know, and putting up the Christmas tree and the kids being excited and Christmas shopping. You know, because now I just buy everything. You know, buy all my do all my holiday shopping on my phone now on Thanksgiving because that's the day I'm home. All right. So that that is my Black Friday. There you go. And then, uh, yeah, and then these last two days, uh, let's see. Yesterday, I was up at 4.30 in the morning, and I got home from work at 9 p.m. Oof. So, That's quite the day. And then to get back up today and go right back to work and work uh, get home at 7 p.m. So... This is by far the low point of my uh, of my Black Friday 
work week. Um, the next couple of days get easier, but we got a show to do. We got we got we got games uh, to pick, and 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 I'll try to talk intelligibly uh, about what happened last week. I, I haven't really watched much football these last couple of weeks. It shows. <laughs> well. It shows that, that because I, my exposure, I, you know, it's not like uh, you know a few weeks ago where I could be at work and it would be slow on a Sunday. And I could pull up my phone and, and put on Red Zone. No, it's 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 November right now, so my, my exposure to to football is is pretty minimal. I watched a little bit on Thanksgiving, uh, saw virtually nothing uh, last week. Don't expect to see much tomorrow, um, but I'll be following along with the scores and, and, and seeing the, the game updates. But my actual, you know, football viewing has been uh, a bit a bit hamstrung here. Yeah, but watching isn't uh, necessary. We've already established that this year because my hottest streak before these last couple of weeks was yeah. back when I was out of the country and couldn't watch anything. Yeah, there's, there's so just, we could we could talk about our, our geniusness. And have we all of that? Have you ever? Ever. I mean, we've been doing this a long time, right? We've been picking games a long time. I don't think we have ever had three 12 game swings in one season. <laughs> For somebody to go up 12, down 12, tied. Up 12. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what no, I mean. I... Up 12 to right. tied to back up 12 now after Thanksgiving. Uh, it. This season is just so ridiculous right now we tried to say it was drunk it was blackout drunk we're, we're running out of uh it, it, we're about to put it in the hospital at this point it's it's uh it's in the uh it's in the emergency room it's in the ambulance uh, headed to the hospital and yep. somebody's gonna have to really check on it overnight because it is uh dangerously close to flatlining it's crazy how this season has been so far and Watching the games when you when I have had a chance to watch the games, they've been about that crazy. There's been some crazy swings just inside games. There's been crazy outcomes, which almost uh, defy what you're watching on the screen. When you look at the scoreboard, and you go, "Now wait a okay." I was watching this team dominate and go up and down the field, and, and they're and they're losing by several scores. How wait? How did that happen? I, it's it's been a, it's been something else. The, the craziest part of it all is how much season is still left to go. We still got eight more weeks. This is yeah. So again, we have been doing this, you know, competitively with each other for a long time, and usually, one of us will get up. One of us gets up big over the other, and it becomes a season like long ordeal trying the, uh, to make up ground. Yeah, it's a tug of war. And, and now it's just no, no. I'm, somebody's going to win. Now every week somebody is just uh, going up three, four, seven, five. It's we used to just figure out oh, we disagree on eight, and uh, we're going to you know split them. Split them. We haven't had a week like that in two months. It seems like. Uh, well, let's go and, and it's been it's been crazy. I mean, last week. Only giving up four, I feel like, whoa, that's not so bad. <laughs> so week six, uh, there was only a, a two-game swing where I won 10 and you won eight. And that's when it starts to get a little crazy because week seven, you take five from me. You you win 10 and I win five. Uh, week eight, you take three more because you won six and I only won three. 
Week nine, you take four more because you win eight and I win four. Week 10, I say, okay, that's enough of this. And I take seven. I win 11 and you win four. And then last week, I take uh, four more where I win 10 and you win six. It's just, yeah, it's usually a a tug of war, a taffy pull, uh, you know, a struggle for for the person that's down to, to climb back in it. You made it all up climbed right back and then gave it right all back that quickly in in about a three or four week swing. Uh, No, I don't think we've ever had anything like that. And again, it's with this constant feeling that it's like, I'm not making bad picks. Right. You know, like in a normal season, you know, there's, there's logic and there's reason. Like we even talked about last week on the show is we see both sides of most of these picks. Yeah, it's not like you're so saying, crazy. oh, that's a terrible pick by you. No, we're, we're kind of yeah. like, okay, I don't know about this. I'm going to go this way, but I'm not so sure. And, and you're, you're thinking the same thing. I, in but, fact, I was so fed up last week. It was just like, I'm just so done with it all. I go to bed at 10-10 in the Monday night game because I'm like, screw this. There's no way, <laughs> you know, Tampa's covering the big number. And, and then they do. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course yeah. They, they come back and, and look the way they're yeah. supposed to look. But and, and somehow I've also snuck back to only two back in the locks. That was completely my fault. I, I could for have not, switched to any. For not switching, yeah. Yeah, I could have switched to any number of other picks uh, once I found out that Lamar Jackson was not going to play for the Ravens. I that's how much I believed that the Ravens' defense was going to come for Justin uh, Fields and and just mm-hmm. lay the smackdown on him. Um, and they laid the smackdown on him. They did. Out of the game. That was- that went to, that went by the script, but it went too good. Right, they did a little too much to him, and then took him out, and so Red Rifle got to get in there and, and light him up. one action. Uh huh, and, and lead the comeback and put the Bears in position to win. Except the defense just completely collapsed and then lost the game to was his name Tyler Huntley. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah I, I, so I knew that that Lamar wasn't going to go, and I and I stayed with my lock with the Baltimore minus five as it was when we made the pick. I did not change the the line because that's what it was when we uh, had our show. Uh, Of course, it was not minus five by the time the news came out that Lamar Jackson wasn't going to play. So uh, those of you astute enough to to jump on the Ravens anyway, when, when the line went down to minus one, you came through me, not so much. So that lock was, was definitely on me. I should have changed that, but I did not. Yeah. And, and, and don't worry even though I had the Eagles, you, you were stunned that I locked up the Eagles, and, and they still tried to blow that game. That was that was a strange game. Uh, because Trent, I, Trevor uh, Trevor Simeon has has proven um, we might have to start calling it like Trevor time instead of Dak time, right? Because Trevor Simeon's only move is to uh, put up points and put up yardage uh, in, in Dak time. Yeah, I think he's uh, definitively proven that he's not the quarterback you want to to structure a game plan around. Uh, when it's no. freestyling and, and trying to come back late, yeah, he's got some some skills. He's got some, you know, he sure. can play a little well, yeah. bit when the defense when, when there's no structure and they're backed off, you right. know, and they're just trying not to lose the game. Uh, but yeah, kicking myself too for not then locking up the Bills on Thursday night because that was the one I felt the most strongly about. Me too. Um, and we didn't lock either one. Neither one of us were just like, lock up the bills, and, and they blow, of course. They do exactly what they did uh, after a bad loss when they played the Jets. The the, bed, the, the bills are bum slaying. 
They are. They've been doing it all year. And they, they slayed another last bum. week, uh, the Colts just put them on. Laid the smackdown yeah. on them. So I will also have to take back some, some words here about handing the uh, AFC South to the Titans. But that oh, thing no. is gone. That, it's, I, I'm going to say right now, that's over. It's the Colts' division. It should be. I mean, if the Colts don't win that division with Tennessee as, as, as bruised, and nothing against the Titans. It's not that they went bad, but they're just not healthy. They're going to try to play tomorrow with basically Ryan Tannehill and, and dudes. Yep. Whole offense, except for Tannehill, yeah. basically hurt. Except for, <laughs> uh, it's going to look a lot like Miami Tannehill because there's nobody. Yeah. Nobody. And that Tennessee defense is, is okay, but they're a lot better when you have an offense that can, you know, put pressure on the other team. Sure. And uh, yeah, they uh, they got exposed. They lost to Houston last week. That's how. Look, I, I, I said it when when Henry went down. They cannot let this become uh, the Ryan Tannehill show because we've seen the Ryan Tannehill show. That's not a good show. We, we've seen that, and it got canceled for good reason, and we, we don't really need to see it again. And that's basically what it became, although um, it's so odd that they were able to put together such yardage and such drives and basically dominate the game uh, on the on the field. And only because Tannehill kept giving the ball to, to the Texans yeah. uh, did the Titans wind up losing that game. If you go just off a of raw yardage, the Titans should have housed the Texans. They more than doubled them up in just yardage, but because Stan Hill threw uh, four INTs uh, and there was a, another turnover in there as well, uh, the Texans are able to not just cover the number, but win the game. Uh, they, they outgained Houston 420 to 190. 420 to 190. Yeah. Can't be sloppy. Gave it away. Literally gave it away. Can't you can go up and down the field all you want. You got to put points on the board. Uh, they, they let a punt hit Carl, uh, oh, Chester yeah. Rogers' foot, uh, and and for for that other turnover, setting up the the Texans to score a very easy touchdown. Yeah, that's you know this. It basically comes down to you have to figure out some way to to move that football uh, where you don't have to trust Ryan Tannehill to to put it up in the air too much because if you do, bad things are eventually going to happen. You got to do sort of the the Cleveland Minnesota thing where you. Uh, make sure you do all you can to move that ball without asking your quarterback to to put the ball up too much because you just know bad things eventually are going to happen. And that's what the Titans have to do. They have to, to get back to the office. But the problem, of course, is the Titans don't have a uh, Dalvin Cook. They, they don't have a, a Nick Chubb. Um, they don't have a Kareem Hunt. They they had somebody that trumped all those guys, and he broke his foot, unfortunately. And that's right. why the Titans find themselves where they are now. And they don't have a Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, they could use that, too. They could use one of – yeah, exactly. And the, the Colts are sort of in that same boat. Uh, right. Where they're, they're trying to figure the Colts, out – Yeah, the Colts are playing it. They're, they're playing Cleveland, Minnesota, Tennessee ball, right? These, team with, these teams with these upper echelon running backs all seem to be hiding quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, and if we look at those four teams right now, I mean, I'd bite my tongue here, but Kirk Cousins probably the best of that bunch. Yeah, that's yeah, that's just definitely faint praise, but 
Uh, yeah, I think just the Vikings just have so much more experience at hiding their quarterback. They, they've seen yeah. the Kirk Cousins show, and they know now not to trust him with too much because it's never going to turn out right. Um, so, yeah, they've put just enough on Cousins' plate for him to be productive and efficient, uh, but not you know trying to put the whole game on him. Um, and that was a wild one too. The Vikings and the and the Packers, yeah, going uh, back and forth. Yeah, Vikings, Vikings get up and stay up for most of that game, and then the Packers come all the way back, drop the interception. The the, the obvious, you knew it was coming. Yeah, soul crushing int. Uh, yep. But they gave it right him. to him, <laughs> and uh, gave it you know, right. Vikings to him. end up going down and kicking the field goal. But yeah, he he tried. Kirk Cousins, he he did his <laughs> Kirk Cousins damnedest to. To give sure that game did. right back to the Packers, and Packers just they just didn't want it. And before that, the Vikings scoring, and and you knew they left Rodgers too much time. And yes. sure enough, he. But I guess they scored too quick. The Packers they scored so. way too quick. Yeah, because <laughs> that was just right back right back down the field touchdown. Like wow. But then I was like, wow, man, it's Kirk Cousins in the two minute drill. This isn't going to go well for the Vikings. And and it did. Right, it, it, it throws the pick at midfield. And that would have given the Packers, you know, minute, minute and a half, and they needed to go about 15, 20 yards and, you know, try and kick the field goal and get off the field and, and go home. And, no, it just it wasn't meant to be. And uh, Justin Jefferson just ate the Packers' lunch all day long. Yeah, he's a, he's a beast. And uh, you would think they would have figured that out by now, the Vikings, but, you know. Uh, that's, that's the issue when you know your quarterback can do that and throw the ball to the other team like that, then you can't really trust him to go out with the best player on the field, the receiver, and, and right. really go back and forth the way they could because you, you just can't trust Cousins to do, to keep that up and do that too many times. But, yeah, Justin Jefferson is uh, an absolute monster. Um, so, yeah, that was a couple of different miracles that the Vikings had to have in order to pull that victory out. They yeah. had to have – uh, Aaron Rodgers throw too fast and score the touchdowns and leave way too much time for the Vikings. I still can't believe I'm saying that score, the, the Packers scored a touchdown too fast for the Vikings. That just doesn't seem right. Uh, so they do that. And then to get down in the field goal range and actually kick the real field goal to win it. So Greg Joseph actually did what yeah, the Vikings kickers usually don't do. He actually kicked the field goal. They can get their guys in field goal position a lot, but then the kicker actually has to kick the ball between the uprights, uh, and they don't usually do that. Uh, so that time they did. So good on, on Greg Joseph for doing that. Yeah, um, and it was you know, and you you end up winning that one. Obviously, it was a slim. That was that was a either way could have gone either way. I thought you know, I saw that pick show up on my my phone like yes, you know, and then next thing I know, oh no, it's overturned. Like no, no, <laughs> and it was, no, that, it was it was just that fast. But the Vikings, you know, you said they needed it more, and, and they clearly did. And, uh, yeah, they they really exploited the Packers. Where the defense had been the Packers' strong point, uh, Kirk Cousins went to work again. And I, I just continue to be, you know, quietly amazed. <laughs> well, not so quietly on this show, but quietly <laughs> as far as the national press that Kirk Cousins is getting, because nobody is, is talking at all. Um, in a, you know, at all about the season that he's having um, now. Now at 21 touchdowns and two picks. Sure, when you look at a, a back and forth on the field, and you look at Rodgers putting up 385 every and time, four. you expect that yeah. two and four and four scores. 
you expect that to lead to a victory for the Packers, but there's Cousins with, with 341 of his own and, and going toe-to-toe. Now, you know, we got to be honest, you left two balls uh, for the Packers on that game-winning drive. There, there, there's another yeah. ball that could have been picked. Uh, yeah, he, he kept doing that. He kept putting the ball in, in peril, and, and I think the Vikings know. I think they 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 know not to do that, you know, repeatedly. They they had to do that in this situation. They had to leave the ball in Cousins' hands to get the comeback victory, and it, it all worked out for them. But this is, you know, this, this season, this crazy season, that game very, very easily could have gone to you. It could have gone to the Packers, uh, but it just happened to go the Vikings' way. So this is one of those things. And that's that's sort of been the story of of our season, right? I mean, we we watch a lot of these. Now, again, if that pick had gone my way, that would have been just it would have been perfect for this season because that was you were winning that pick the whole game, right? I mean, you would have only lost that pick with time expiring. But but then yeah, Rodgers does what he does and and brings the pack back, right? Yeah, does does I wouldn't have been surprised. No, I, I I mean. I wasn't surprised they came back. I was surprised uh, how much offense the Vikings were able to bring after the Packers' defense for over that last three-game stretch had held like very good offensively talented teams. But you, you said it, the Vikings were going to play desperate, and they, and they did. And they're also – they know each other, right? So yeah, they, these they, teams, they, you know, they're they, familiar. And, and, you know, you're going to get a different uh, – you know, you're going to get a, a different effort, I think, in these divisional games where these teams know each other than you will against if you're just playing against somebody you don't see that often. Yeah, the Vikings did what they, they had to do. They absolutely had to. There's a lot of teams that are in that same boat this week, including those same Vikings that uh, need to do that again in order to, to stay where they are um, yeah. in the playoff race. Well, but this expanded playoff format now, I mean, when you look at the NFC, I mean, you look at uh, – you know, the teams that are sort of jockeying now, and you can see that there's teams that are falling off. You know, I think the Saints are starting to trail off. Um, and then you have those teams that are sort of like surging now. And it's going to be interesting because you got the Vikings, the Niners, the, the Eagles have played their way into uh, the conversation. And the Panthers, where you don't know what you're going to get from week to week, um, all going to be, you know, you got four teams right now, I think, playing for what might be them just being two playoff spots. So, well, if it's you, a race. Yeah, if you expand it, uh, five, wait, five, seven, the five teams? and fives and fives and sixes. The, the, the four win yeah. teams, I don't think Washington, Atlanta, or the Bears are going to, I don't expect one of those teams to play their way into uh, the playoffs. I don't expect it either, but I was just looking at the, the loss column. Seven teams within one game of the in the loss column right now. Yeah, uh, fighting for for those last couple of uh, playoff spots. That, that's the NFC. Wild. It's is that soup? That that NFC soup we've been talking about. Um, the there's a there's a bit of a soup in the AFC. It's just a higher quality soup. It's a it's a lobster bisque. It's not the uh, the Campbell's uh, chunky chicken in the can like the uh, the <laughs> NFC is. It's a, it's a little better quality. Right. Um, uh, yeah, because you're actually you go you go down the list much farther in the AFC, and there's 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 playoff quality teams uh, that won't be in the playoffs. Much farther down in the AFC. Right. The 
streak that the Colts are on right now, they're second out at the moment of, of the Yeah, uh, they wouldn't be card. in the playoffs, but uh, Tennessee can't. I don't know how Tennessee <laughs> is. Tennessee is playing tomorrow without Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, or Derrick Henry. And they're playing the hottest team in the AFC. Good luck. Go get them. Go, go Titans. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's what's on the horizon for for them. Uh, they yeah that that tough that that lost to the Houston Texans that had everybody's tongues wagging because that was like that's the Texans man that's the yeah. at, at the time one and eight uh, and just one of the jokes of the league and you know they're still of course one of the jokes of the league but the thought that they were going to win that game and you know I was I guess out there a bit on a limb on the on the point spread. Yeah, um, and, and they wind up winning the game straight up. Play. That yeah, would have been. If you, if you could have seen that coming, Oof. man. Yeah, I would have been uh, on the road. I mean, I I should not have discounted Houston. I, I picked them the week before because um, they are a better team with Tyrod Taylor. They just are, um, and and they've been competitive. But you know, the week before they had let me down so bad. Uh, in a game I expected them to be competitive in, and and they were just were not. Um, no. But but man, Houston's just well, and, and to go into Tennessee and do that to to a good team, but might just be too many injuries for those Titans. Yeah, no matter how good you yeah. are, if your if your stars yeah. are beat up and, and not available, then there's nothing you can do. You can and, and we knew fill this in was the risk. And, yeah, we knew this was the risk with Julio Jones, but you know, so you knew he was going to sort of be—is he going to play, or is—is is he will he or won't he? But to lose the other two, uh, that was not planned. <laughs> and I mean, you know, there's only so much filling in, and and we talk about next man up, but yeah. when the next man is clearly not on the same level as the man before them. Yeah, when the next man is someone you bring in off the street, who's the dude that was sitting at home eating popcorn, you up? Oh, can you can you come help us? Uh, please come in and and run the football for us. And uh, that didn't work out. So Adrian Peterson's already uh, been thrown back out on the street, and so that experiment uh, failed. So it's probably the last chance he'll get. Um, yeah, they're they're just dealing with you know whoever they can possibly scrounge up. I believe they signed Golden Tate this week to try to uh, wow. bring in some some receiving help. So it's it's getting down to the to the dregs. Uh, I mean, I, I get it. They've got that little bit of a cushion right now, but it's a long it's as long a season ever. A two game lead right now that could evaporate really quick. Yeah, the, the cushion is clear is clearly wearing thin. <laughs> it's not much of a cushion. Yeah, it's, um, it's it's a bit perilous right now uh, for Tennessee. Uh, they they do luck out. Uh, they they and Indy both have tough games this week. So speaking of Indy, we uh, talked about the Buffalo Bills, and we were asking them, yeah. "Hey, you guys want to prove it to us? You, you playing a, a real team now? Right. You've been beat up on all these joke teams. You playing the Colts? All right, prove it. Bills, they didn't prove it. They did not. Well, what they proved was they can't stop the run." <laughs> uh, Carson Wentz needed to throw for 106 yards in, in, in a game that they won by almost four touchdowns. That's old school. Yeah, and Jonathan Taylor finds the end zone five times. That's fantasy legend. Uh, awesome. <laughs> yes, and we were joking that you should have had him on your bench. 
It would have been so perfect. That's that's the old Dre. That's the Dre from 15 years ago. Every move I made was the wrong one. I, I did not have uh, Jonathan Taylor. I did not have him available to make the, the decision to bench. So that was not something uh, that I could have screwed up. No, uh, the, the Colts run for 264 as a team. They run all over the Bills. The Bills came in third best rushing defense in the league. That was uh, clearly uh, something that was part of what they built up over the first half of the season against all the joke teams that they were playing. And that we, we, we've been talking about it all year. Look at the schedule, all these uh, high rankings and all these beat downs they're putting on these teams that were no good. And uh, we, we said, prove it to us. We said, Hey, you know, you guys have been putting up a whole lot of points and a whole lot of statistics uh, against a whole lot of really, really bad teams. And that schedule was just uh cake. It was about the easiest, sweetest first half schedule I think I've ever seen. I, I could ever remember uh, a team having. So it felt like every week they were playing another terrible team, another terrible team, another yeah. terrible team. And, and they were looking more and more bored doing it. Yeah, less and less dominant as, uh, as the weeks went on until they finally got beat by the Jags. <laughs> Man. And that seemed to wake them up a little bit, but it did. Then they came across a real team in the Colts, and clearly they were out of shape. I don't mean fat, but I mean they were uh, not ready to face a, a team that actually wanted to play them and was talented and, and could actually handle them. Like they weren't, they weren't ready. They weren't ready for that challenge. I sincerely think that the Bills, if they played Colts in December after they've built up and played some real teams again, would play a hell of a lot better game against Jonathan Taylor. Nothing against Jonathan Taylor. I do think he's a very good running back, a damn good running back. Uh, but this damn good against a, a Bills front that I actually respect and like, I don't think he does that normally. I think that's just uh, a function of that soft schedule. That I really do think that. They were not prepared. And that was that was a home game. They had just completely throttled the Jets like they were supposed to, right? That was, you know, my lock the previous week. And then yep. they, they, they show up again and play terrible again. And, and Jonathan Taylor goes crazy and they hide Carson Wentz. I mean, the Colts, they've got it down. They, they figured it out. They, they know who they are. <laughs> they they oh, are yeah. a running, they are a running team. Uh, and if they can successfully run the football, they're going to win. They're going to win a lot of games. They're going, or they're going to at least be in a lot of games. If they have to rely on Carson Wentz, uh, we've seen that game. Well, that was the Tennessee game. We know how that ends. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes. Uh, to your point of identity, Colts now after that game ranked fourth in the league in running yards per game, twenty third in passing. Ladies and gentlemen, the Indianapolis Colts. Nothing wrong with that. And, you know, we had a little bit of a discussion about that, texted each other last week about some of these games, about, you know, I I, I had this theory last year, a couple of years ago, um, when we were talking about Derrick Henry and why the Titans playing a different brand of football were so good. And it's just because the, it's a pass-happy league, so all of these defenses now are constructed to stop the pass, right? Because it's a scoring league. So what that makes you is vulnerable to the run, especially, well, I should say vulnerable to an elite running game. So that's why you have the Ravens and the Colts and the Titans and the Vikings and the Browns, these teams that have you know elite running games are successful, and they, they can chew up a team that's just not structured to, to defense that. And the Bills did not look structured to defend 
a dominant running attack. Yeah, it's a little different to, for this game to me because the Bills were uh, decent on the uh, on run defense. Again, a, a function of the schedule a little bit, but I don't think their defense is set up to get gashed necessarily on the ground. Yeah. I just think that they weren't prepared for that run attack because they've been playing all these teams that can't run the ball, can't throw the ball, can't do anything. Right. Uh, and they're just a little, like I said, out of shape, uh, you know, out of, out of well, season, I, I guess I should say. I, I think now that I've seen the bills, what they, they had the Titans do it to them. Right. Yeah. They had the, the, ja- uh, the Colts do it to them. I'm not going to say the Jags. Cause that was just the, the mental, like they did suck that week off. That was a bye week for them. Um, <laughs> and then the Colts last year in the playoffs, so I don't want to I don't want to give a label to a team. Uh, hmm. I I think you can bully the Bills. Hmm. I think you can push them around. Uh, Maybe a little something to it. Uh, definitely. We have to keep, keep our eye on, on that, right? I think you know the Bills. I mean, I I think a lot of people like the Bills. They like them to make that deep playoff run. Some people haven't going to the Super Bowl. I think I have them losing the Super Bowl. Um, but I think once they start getting into December January time. It, matchups are going to be really important for them. Matchups and seeding um, are going to be really a really big thing for them because I think they have some some matchup problems. I think the Colts for them now that I've seen them play them twice now within a year are a matchup problem for them. I'll concede that I think you might be right, but I really think they give a better effort next time just because they'll oh, yeah. they won't be coming off of two months of marshmallows like this. Uh, uh, no, so, no, yeah. no, absolutely. You know, this is the we're in the what we would if this was baseball, we'd call these the dog days of summer, right? <laughs> they've been, they're bored and they're just kind yeah, of playing out the schedule. The, and... the schedule, I I don't see a scenario that the Bills don't make the playoffs, right? I mean, we, we unless something disastrous happens, I think we both see them there. Um, but just keep it on your radar that you know, I, I think teams that are very physical. Uh, match up well with the Bills. And again, I want to give Jonathan Taylor his proper credit yeah, and his proper for having a hell of a day. He got M- he's getting MVP talk. Uh, that, that was what I was leading to. One eighty five on the ground, four rushing touchdowns, and here's another one receiving just for the hell of it. Uh, yeah, legit MVP candidate. Absolutely, he's been uh, excellent, uh, especially since. Derrick Henry went down and almost yep. like he's got another gear in him. Like, okay, my, my guy in my division that was dominating on the ground, now he's out. Let me let me take over here and show everybody what I'm made of, and, and I can take over as the alpha dog uh, running the ball in this division right now. So good on Jonathan Taylor. He's, he deserves yep. all the props, absolutely. I mean, Jonathan Taylor last year, 1,169 yards, five yards per attempt. That, that That's pretty good, 11 touchdowns. That's his rookie season, right? Mm-hmm. He's almost got the yardage already. It's week 11, 11.22. Uh, 5.8 yards per attempt right now. And he's also got 13 touchdowns already. Yeah, if he doesn't get hurt, yeah, he's on his way to uh, not just an MVP season, but like maybe one of the all-timer running seasons. Right, and Uh, and on a team that needs him. I mean, even if he's not league MVP – he has to play like the Colts MVP or they won't win. No, there's no doubt about that. If they have to rely on Carson wins, it's, it's, it's a problem for them. <laughs> yeah. But we were worried about, we were wondering about how this Wentz experiment would go and what it would look like. Uh, this is about this. This is what it should look like. 
Right. And that's uh, honestly, that's coach of the year stuff as well. When you talk about what Frank Reich has done with him, basically what you had to do, uh, if you're going to take a chance on someone like Wentz, which is uh, surround him with the talent that can sort of carry him along, uh, trust him here and there to, to see what he's got. But then when he starts throwing left hand and then starts doing crazy shit, okay, let's reel you back in. Yep. And let's go back to the ground game. Let's go rely on that, and let's have you do the game manager thing. Uh, it, it was it would have been a disaster if another team would have brought in Wentz and tried to like make him the main guy and tried to rely on him to be back to MVP Wentz form, which was always going to be uh, you know asking a lot. Like I'm not saying he can't ever get right. back to that, but based on how he played last year, like how could you possibly expect him to get back to that this soon this year? Maybe he will some year down the line. No one really knows. But for now, yeah, he's in the perfect spot. Just someone he trusts, someone who trusts him, uh, but knows not to, you know, knows his limitations, knows not to trust yeah. him too much. Yeah, and hide him. And like you said, mm-hmm. that's not just the coaching knowledge to know to do that. That's also the, that's, um, that's being humble enough and it, it, to not be like, Oh, I got to force Carson Wentz back on the league. He's my guy. Yeah. He, he, uh, Frank Reich is definitely not trying to uh, make Carson Wentz into, you know, a, a reclamation MVP right. candidate again. He's definitely taking him on as, okay, let's, let's take this slow and let's sort of baby him back in uh, and, and let's be the soft spot. Let's be his safe place uh, to let him come back and be who he can be. Uh, somewhere down the road. So yeah, it's and working to, out perfectly. To, to touch on something that we talked about previously to answer the question, uh, the Texans were plus 375 on the money line in that nice. game. Yeah. Now, the, but the problem with that is, of course, as we know, the type of person that would have bet that and, and made that has also probably put money on the Texans' uh, money line the rest of the year when they were 1-8. And oh, has that sure. worked out for them? So they, they you get the big score, but that's not something that you just saw. Matt, no one yeah. saw them winning that game straight up. Uh, the person that would bet that has probably been betting them all year, and, and that's hasn't gone well. Well, according to Yahoo, three percent of the action went to Houston on the betting lines. You know what? That's more than I would have thought. I would have thought it was yeah. like one. Ninety-seven percent of the action on the on the money line went to the Titans. Eighty-four percent went to the Titans on the spread. Yeah. So, wow. No, massive. And and massive. And, and only twenty-eight percent went on the under. So you could have really pulled. <laughs> imagine pulling that rabbit out of your hat, parlaying the under, the point spread, and the money line. Um, you know, some people do that and have done that and congratulations to them. Yeah, good for uh, them. Yeah, I don't know if that's but something that's... you can make a career out of trying to trying to do that necessarily, but some people do. Some people uh are professional betters and I, I sort of marvel at them cuz I don't know how they do it. Uh, the one last point about the uh, Buffalo uh loss to the Colts is just laughing and hearing the pundits talking uh, before that game was over about how stunning and, and shocking this is looking at the, the Colts score because uh, channel after channel that I flipped to was talking about 
Well, the Bills' defense came in ranked number one in the league. I can't imagine. I don't know how the Colts the, – have any of you looked at their schedule? I'm sorry. I hate yelling about that over and over again, but for yep. the love of God, that is the softest first-half schedule I think I've ever seen. It's, and, and, I, all right, and, I'm, and I'm done he, talking about this. And up until that point, most of the – you know, when they, had, when they did play a tough game, they lost. Right. They struggled. Again, I, I think that that softens you up. I think that that really does uh, make you make it. If you keep uh, getting in the trenches against, uh, you know, let's you know go back to our uh, our, our pass, our, our pickup football pass. If you're playing week after week after week of China Bowl games, right? Yeah. And then here come the Mexicans, oh. and they're three hundred yeah. pounds, and they got tattoos, and they got yeah. full beards and mustaches, even though they're supposed to be sixteen years old. Well, and they're and, actually like all like actual football players, and they're actually on the real football team, and they have uh, sides. They have an offensive side and a defensive, and they're swapping out fresh players. It is yes. just us out there, offense and defense, the entire game. That's not going to go well because we're not. Not only are we out talented and, and outmatched, obviously, but also we're out of shape. We've been practicing against the China Bowl guys. We don't have the 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 sharpness, you know, our skills aren't sharp. Our physicality isn't sharp because we haven't really been training against anybody. If you uh, sit down in the gym and, and lift that, that bar on the, on the bar, on the bench, uh, and, and you're just practicing lifting the, the bar, you don't put any weights on that bar. And then you try to put the 45 pound plates on each side and try to right. lift that. It, you're not going to do very well because you have to build up to that. And that's basically what I think the bills are going through right now. Yeah, and the bills and the bills show up on Thursday night on Thanksgiving night. Do exactly what we expect them to do, and you learned absolutely nothing about the Buffalo Bills <laughs> again. <laughs> but but I you know not, I don't want to already jump ahead. But next week nah. that'll be the good one. We get Bills no. Patriots on Monday Night Football. And and a couple of weeks after that, they get the Patriots again. That's that back to back. Yeah. Uh, so things will be decided uh, at that point. That's for sure. But, so yeah, we'll learn a lot yeah. about them. So after, the Bills, the Bills get years. a nice big easy win. They get their ten days of rest now to go into that. And Eleven days of rest now to go into that Monday nighter. But yeah, the, the Bills they just run it up on bad teams. Um, and then when they look really motivated to run it up on bad teams, you get what they did to the Saints and the Jets. Yes. So good on them, but what do we like? Learn? They need that. Like they need, <laughs> to, they they need the wake up call. They're 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 a good team on the verge of trying to be a great team, but they're not good enough yet to have these lulls, right? Or to have these lapses. You can't. They're, they're not good enough yet to just show up and win. And that might be the players getting soft. That might be. Uh, the coaching isn't what it needs to be, as good as Sean right. McDermott has been. Is he Bill Parcells? Is he Bill Belichick? Is he uh, the taskmaster that's going to make those guys bust their ass and, and play through the, that soft schedule? Uh, apparently not. Uh, you know, And that's not, not shorting him necessarily, but not that's yet. just the way it is. Yeah, They're, yeah. they're not the there yet. They expected to run away with, and now they're in a fight. Um, I was surprised very much, as I'm sure most everyone was, that the uh, Kansas City Chiefs were able to handle the Dallas Cowboys 
uh, on defense. That game was not Pat Mahomes just balling out and showing off and uh, running a, a crazy oh. offense. That was the Chiefs' D over and over again coming up big, and uh, that was definitely one of the picks that I was uh, proud of because I thought that the Cowboys were going to be shorthanded uh, without Amari Cooper, and then I, I doubled down and used the uh, fact that CeeDee Lamb was uh, got concussed in that game, was not going to be able to play on Thanksgiving to go, you know what, they're even more shorthanded. I, I don't like that, you know, Dak is still a quarterback that I think really needs the perfect conditions. He's he's that that flower in the in the greenhouse that needs the perfect conditions to perform at his best. And if it's not perfect, then he has he has issues. Um, and I thought the Vegas Raiders were going to knock off the Cowboys because he was going to mi- be missing his two top weapons. And indeed, that's exactly what happened. So uh, tough, you know, two losses in a row for the Cowboys. But look, that's what happens when you when you're missing your well, guys like that. I'll give you the fact that you won those picks, but. But the Cowboys scored 33 points. They did. Their defense did not show up on Thanksgiving. Um, Derek Carr picked them apart. They ran all of me. So uh, uh, that same defense that held the Chiefs to 19 at Arrowhead then gets their their Super Bowl game right there, their their, their nationally televised Thanksgiving game. And and gives up what over 500 yards of offense to the Raiders, a, a team that has been a clown show with all the problems that they've had. Uh, how do you put this on Dak? He goes for 375 and two touchdowns, and uh, that was without any dudes. That was that was Michael Gallup and, and Cedric Wilson, and, and both of them go over 100 yards. No, no, I'm putting this one on Dallas defense. Um, because I thought so I good. saw several throws that they could have had a lot more. Uh, I know the Cowboys got a lot. And I think they could have had even more. I really do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, so a bad Raiders defense, a Raiders, well, a declining Raiders defense. And when I made the pick, I didn't make the pick about offense. I said that Dallas defense has been playing great. And, and so, of course, they give up over 500 yards to the Raiders at home. And that could have been more because of all those uh, PIs if they uh, – yeah. They, if they don't pull down those Raiders uh, receivers on those long throws, that those could have been big plays. But that was actually right. brilliant by Derek Carr. Finally, John Gruden, uh, the message got through, even though Gruden's not there anymore, uh, to for, for Carr to let it go and, and throw more deep balls because this was not yeah. something he was doing for whatever reason. His entire NFL career, he seemed to be afraid to, to let it go and, and go deep. And in this game, not only did he repeatedly go deep, but he did it in a way that it was almost uh, fail-proof. There was almost no way he wasn't going to succeed. Either he was going to get the long bomb completed or it was going to be P.I. He he threw it in the perfect spot where it was going to be contested. The the DB was going to have to do something uh, to break that up, and unless you're – you know, one of the greatest of all time, Dion or, or somebody like that, uh, you're not going to be able to break those up without making some contact and, and drawing the flags. And maybe even uh, Carr used the knowledge of who the, the referees and the and the, the crew is because that's something uh, we definitely don't take the time to do is, is break down and see who's yeah. calling what games, whatnot. But you got Son of Guns there, uh, Ed Oculey's kid, and his crew like to take out their flags and, and wave them around and show them everybody how big they are. And 
man, they, that was a that was a rough show. That was just every play. There's a flag there. There's a flag there. There's a kickoff. There's another flag. Didn't matter what kind of play it was. There was flags on the field, and especially for those those PIs. Um, most of them were legit. Some of them were eh, probably could have let that go, uh, but I think that was perfect on on Carr's part, or maybe the coaching staff calling at and saying, you know what, we're, we're backed up. It's third and long. We know this staff likes to. We know this coaching or a refereeing staff likes to throw the flag. Just throw it up. Just throw. Just go deep. Throw it up. Yep. Either we make a play or we we draw the flag. So good on the Raiders for doing that. Yeah, and, and Derek Carr. You know, we we talked about him Yolo balling. Uh, back before Henry Ruggs was gone and some of the, the pretty balls where he was throwing, you know, the ball to the perfect spot. Um, but also just throwing guys open, right? Yeah. Get, get it out there. Let your guys go get it. There, there's something to be said for that. And uh, he, he's, they've been up and down, um, but they're, they're hanging around that boy, that division. Whew. It's, it's it is, something. Is crazy uh, with the with the Raiders and the Chargers. A lot a lot of flawed teams this year, and that's another <laughs> thing that makes it so hard to pick these games. All these teams have deep flaws. Oh, the Chargers! Oh, that Sunday night game. Woo. Well, you talk about you were talking about a cheap cover. <laughs> that was fascinating. Uh, Justin Herbert repeatedly taking advantage of the Steelers' defense and yeah. running for big yards and over and over again. Uh, but watching the Clippers let the Steelers come all the way back. They, that's just what the, that's what they do. <laughs> they, they can't play a, a blowout game. They have to let the other team come back. And then the Herbert to Mike Williams is the knockout blow. Just uh, another brilliant coaching call. Somebody noticed the coverage that the, the Steelers were running and said, you know what, next time they do that, let's just have our, 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 our guy out there on the, on the flank. Just go, go deep. Just here we go, pitch and catch, and you're just going to run away from everybody. Okay, no problem. Uh, for the uh, 300, that caps a 382 yard, three touchdown, 90 rushing yard night uh, for Justin Herbert uh, as the uh, the Chargers come back and, and beat the Steelers. I was, I'm sitting there uh, like almost nodding off in the first half of that game because it was just a you know back and forth and just two teams trying to sort of establish and, and figure out each other. And then the second half just fireworks that just explode and big Ben is in a, in a shootout all of a sudden and, and Justin Herbert is matching him and, and it's back and forth a 41 point fourth quarter in that game. That was again, the season drunk. <laughs> right. You have, it's a 27, 10 game going into the fourth quarter and the chargers are on cruise and it ends up 41, 37. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, we get a ridiculously cheap backdoor cover. The only thing that would have made that game even better is if I would have had the Chargers, because that just is the way I've been losing them. Uh, yeah, that was uh, the five-point spread for the uh, for the Clippers, and then the Steelers fight back and, and wind up losing yeah. by only four. So we, we both and, got and that cheap cover. I remember when we when I made that pick and we were talking about that game, I said the Chargers. This is what they do. They're gonna let. They're gonna have yeah. to win by a field goal. And, and it wasn't quite a field goal, but it was no, good enough. But it, close enough. That's just the, from watching and picking Chargers games this year. Just knowing that this is how they're gonna do it. They did this with the Eagles. They've done the, they, they did this with the, the Chiefs. They're gonna score. 
but they're going to let you hang with them. Uh, I totally screwed myself on that uh, lock with the with the Bears and the Ravens. Yes. I, I mentioned that. I talked about that. Um, Lamar Jackson, I, I knew he was uh, sickly all week. I knew there was a chance he was going to be out, but I, I, I thought the sickly Chicago offense would still get blown out by the, the Baltimore defense. I didn't count on the Andy Dalton. Um, and Wink Martindale almost uh, died by the blitz. He's lived by the blitz, and he almost died by the blitz because of that Andy Dalton touchdown uh, that and gave the Bears the lead 10. and put them in position to win the game uh, until that yeah. – until that final drive by, by again, Tyler Huntley <laughs> leaves, leaves the drive back for, for the Ravens to win the game. Um, but yeah, that, that was, that was my fault. Messed up that block. Uh, but it's no different. Like me uh, putting my contingency pick on, on Kyler Murray, who still doesn't play uh, and, and Seattle still can't win. Yeah. That's, that's the Hawks outfit. It's, ugh. Uh, man. Yeah, they're bad. <laughs> they're trash. Uh, the the yeah the Cardinals defense holds up Colt McCoy. Good for them. Um, is Colt McCoy's had? Okay, you made it back. I did. That was weird. Yeah, I looked down and had no connection for a second. That's uh, I, I got that doo doo dee that the connect the un- disconnected sounder. Uh, and I'm like, what the hell happened? Um, and so, yeah, my internet flashed and knocked me out, but I'm back. Well, fortunately, it didn't happen five minutes from now. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, no, we're still live. It's once we get to the after show. That oh, we that's you're right, right, so that's right. Good. So the... we're actually okay. I was thinking, you know, I was thinking for some reason we're getting close to the end of that hour. And, uh-oh, you know, we get into the after show, you go on, you don't come back. That's right. But, nope, this is the football party. We're live for another hour after this. Um, so where did I get cut off? I was rambling about the bears and then I was going to move on to yes. something else. Uh, yeah, I was, uh, I definitely wanted to give uh, the chiefs credit for the, their defensive effort and, and taking down the Cowboys, Frank Clark and Chris Jones were, uh, all over the place. And I don't know why they can't do that every game, but they did it for, for that game. And, uh, came through for the for the Chiefs. I still don't have a, a 100% confidence in their offense, but they, they're looking better. The, like every week they're looking a little better, a little more like the old Chiefs, a little more confidence, a um, little more. Uh, there's, there was definitely a play that they called uh, early on. The first touchdown that the Chiefs had was, oh, it was a creative uh, wildcat formation, and they had their – all pro tight end Travis Kelsey take the shotgun snap and read option run it in from four yards out. I was like, "Yep, Andy Reid, he's back. He, you know, you, you know he's got the confidence when he's running stuff like that." And uh, you know, Tyreek Hill was doing it all, catching in the flat and taking a jet sweep. And uh, Pat Mahomes is trusting those targets a little more. Miko Hardman uh looking like he's trying to be uh, a better part a bigger part of the uh of the offense they got Clyde Edwards Hilaire back at running back and they gave him a lot of action I think that was a little surprising that they gave him that much uh but he was looking he looked good um so you know when you've got a running back and he and he's looking pretty good you just keep going with him you don't uh try to do too much uh, mixing in of the other guys 
uh, especially the other guys aren't that impressive. So, right. Uh, good, good, good coaching call uh, all around. Uh, for well, you know, that there. Andy Reid, he, he's a decent coach, right? He's not bad. <laughs> he's, he's all right. Uh, so yeah, that was that was a good game to watch. That was uh, that was fun, especially you know it's always fun when you have the right call when you when you pick the right team uh, and you're watching the game. And you go yeah, yep, and then and then that whole scoring that. of a game again, uh, a game that could have easily gone the other way, but yeah, the Cowboys uh, offense just not doing much, not no. doing much at all. Um, yeah, we got the uh, the crazy. Sunday nighter that we talked about um, touched a little bit on that Monday nighter where uh, Daniel Jones, uh, Mr. Efficiency, Mr. Uh, number one graded quarterback. He oh, wasn't he... very efficient. Right. <laughs> uh, not At least not against the Buccaneers. He wasn't very efficient. So big win by, uh, by the Bucks. Um, we, we talked about the Bengals and the, and Vegas uh, going back to last week before Vegas turns their, their fortunes around on Thanksgiving. Uh, since the uh, over Las Vegas was two ships sort of going in the same direction and sinking a little bit, but the Bengals are coming off their bye and looked a lot better uh, playing against Vegas. And now it looked like that was two ships going in, op- in the opposite direction. Now the yeah. Bengals might be ready to go back up and we thought maybe Vegas was ready to, to sink all the way down after that, but they, they bounced back on things. They, they showed some fight. You, you def, you, we both had the Bengals, right? That was one yeah. of the ones we both won, and you said it might be the Joe Mixon show, and it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, very impressive. Uh, the, the running attack for the Bengals, I think they need to rely on that more than they, they have been. Um, I think they fall in love with their number one pick and his big arm and their uh, big-time uh, receiver, uh, Jamar Chase, but – once teams sort of, you know, rebounded and, and adjusted to that attack and, and figured out that burrow to chase is just death and you got to do whatever you can to stop that, now it's up to the Bengals to adjust off of that and, and get their running game back on track and uh, balance that out a little more. I was talking about uh, whose who's rankings was I talking about? The, oh, the Colts are now four yeah. rushing and 23 passing. The Bengals – uh, before their victory over the Raiders were very unbalanced the other way. They were 24 running and eight pa- <clears throat> eighth passing because they were really relying on Joe Burrow uh, to carry the load, which is Burrow is very talented, but I don't think you want to put that much on the kid, especially when you have a decent running back uh, like Joe Mixon. Uh, you don't want him to waste away. And they definitely went to the running game, ran for a buck 54 on the Raiders, and threw for 148. And that's uh, – I don't know if you necessarily want to go that far, uh, swinging it back to where you run more, you know, for more yardage than you throw. But, look, it worked great against Vegas. Um, and if you want to, you know, keep it going that way where you rely a little more on the run, maybe not all the way, uh, where it's more running than passing, but a little more on the run, I think, would do the Bengals a lot of good. Yeah, yeah, especially as, you, as we get later into the season now. You know, that those, those passing plays, those passing yards, they're not all going to be there, right? You're going to have wind. You're going to have cold. Um, you're going to have, you know, teams trying to play. Sphincter start getting tight when you start getting towards uh, playoff time and, and seeding, and, you know, and the, the stakes get higher. Um, you know, st- still still a little wondering about the, the Bengals if we, you know, playing some real or fake. Not, not Still not sure. Jury's still out on them. Yeah, they uh... – 
I, I feel the same way. I look at them and I'm not sure what I'm looking at and what could they be? What are they now? I, right. I, I still don't quite know. Yeah. Well, and this is, this is their first year of really of this, right? Cause Joe Burrow had such a shortened season last year. Right. So yeah, I, I think it, it makes sense that we would look at the, at the Bengals a bit critically, you know, give them a little side eye because like they, they just haven't been around long enough to show us anything. They've been trash for so long. Um, and and Chase's rookie year. So, like, if you think of this as like a franchise duo or even trio, right. if you if you count Mixon, it's definitely the first year of that. Um, and yeah, there's some growing pains uh, along the way, definitely. Uh, but yeah, very early to to judge what they're going to be. Uh, but you know, they, they turned the ship around for for one week anyway. Yeah, but definitely, I mean, uh, you know, their arrow is pointing up. I mean, they yeah. might not be there at the end. They might not make the playoffs. But, you know, Cincinnati's one of those teams where, you know, even if they're not there, they're not going to be hanging their heads. They're, they're, they're playing. They're, they've had some – they've had quality wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've had our uh, issues with the two NFC East teams, uh, the Eagles and the Potato Skins, where – now you've uh, yeah. jumped on the Eagles bandwagon and locked them in and rode them. Yeah, and and you jumped off right off the cliff and just let me. You know, you, it's weird because I'm, you're driving the bandwagon for for Jalen Hurts and the and, and the Eagles, and yep. I jump on with you, and you just hand me the reins of the stagecoach and you just bailed right out, and there's you laying in the dust, and, <laughs> and I'm just you know didn't fall off the cliff. I took the chance on trusting uh, Sean Payton and Trevor Simeon, and I learned that lesson on Thanksgiving. They tried. They they put up some DAC time for you. They made me sweat that one. Uh, And then Washington turns around uh, going to Carolina. Yeah. And this one, I I really – was a crazy game. I didn't know if uh, Matt Rule was going to use – P.J. Walker and Cam Newton. He did for he did not. He never. He, no. Cam Newton stayed in the game the entire time. He started out fine, and Matt Rule just ran with them and rode with them the whole way, which is good for for my pick because eventually he did not have enough uh, juice left in the tank, and Washington comes through with the victory. Cam Newton had as many carries in that game as Christian McCaffrey. That, Ladies and gentlemen, this is not ideal. That's not that's not going to get you many Coach of the Year awards. <laughs> uh, the Panthers go down uh, to uh, Chico Rivera and Washington. Uh, Beer Man and Rivera uh, getting the revenge tour and victory on Carolina. They get it done. I feel like that was Cam's like best possible effort. Because my my thing about Cam, I, I love Cam. He was uh, an MVP, uh, incredible athlete. Love the swag. Uh, definitely loves himself. He loves him some him. Uh, maybe the most egotistical player since Terrell Owens, and, and that's not a bad thing. Uh, but I think this this version of Cam, the 32-year-old Cam that got thrown in the garbage by Bill Belichick, that Cam, I think this was the best you're going to get. Like, this is that, that was peak Cam, this game, uh, where he's completing the passes that he can complete, and he's doing what he does on the ground. But again, when he does that, you're taken away from the – he didn't have Christian McCaffrey as his running back when he was MVP. He was doing it all sort of because right. he had to. Um, and now when you got an athlete like that and Cam still has to be Cam and take over, that, that's, that's just not going to get it done unless it was the Cam of old that could back it up by also throwing and, and keeping the, the team in the game in the air. But he can't do that anymore. He throws for 189. Um, it, it's, it's just not there. The, the deep ball is – 
was never really was that accurate, if you want to be honest. And it's even worse now. Um, we, we talked about that banged up arm and that, that rag arm that used to have a whole lot of things wrong with it. And you were wondering, is that something that now that he's healthier, he's had all this time off, uh, maybe it's back to close to where it was before. And the answer is, it's, it's not, it's just not, it's probably never, you know, never going to get back to that. I don't think. And I think this is a, a possible problem for the Panthers because if you're going to keep going with this project of Cam, yeah. uh, that's fine. But if you think you're going to get another game like this from him, I don't know if you're, I don't know if you're going to, I think this is as good as well, it gets. And then you have the, uh, the Carolina paper champion defense. I mean, they gave yeah. up almost 200 yards rushing in that game. Yeah. 190 to the, to the potato skins. Yeah. And they let uh, Tyler Heineken, you know, go for three touchdowns, no picks, and play almost perfect. Yeah, not not going to get it that, done. That was the number two defense in football? <laughs> and that's that the was Carolina defense? Yeah. <laughs> My fucking ass. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so that's uh... – the the biggest uh, takeaways from week eleven, I we had to laugh at the uh, Cleveland Browns once again because yeah. they just they had, I mean they just they get up thirteen nothing and then just quit playing. It's like stop. oh my god, I mean just run the ball down the throats of the Lions and they just no they just had to get cute and they got to have stupid turnovers. They tried to lose that game to Tim Boyle who was atrocious. Yes. Oh. I mean, Cleveland should have won that game by 30. (laughs) Tim Boyle, who we did not make fun of. Tim Boyle, uh, 15 of 23 for 77 yards and two picks. uh, When you're so bad that Detroit has to go back to Jared Goff, uh, you know that's, that's bad. But here's Cleveland. They they run Nick Chubb twenty two times, hundred and thirty yards. They run the ball down the Lions' throats, but oh, we're going to get cute and we're going to have Baker Mayfield throw two picks and yeah. just keep giving the ball back to the Lions and letting the Lions almost almost win the damn game. The Browns are sort of trying to trick their way through the season with their they they they, they already didn't trust their quarterback. Now they know that he's you know being held together he's, by paper yeah. clips. Uh, they're they're really just trying to, to make their way to the playoffs and just limp in. How do you have you ever seen a team try to limp into the playoffs in the middle of November? <laughs> no. And, and I know this. I know that Cleveland's trying to limp into the playoffs. Uh, someone needs to tell Cleveland they're in last place. <laughs> they, I mean, they, I know they're, they're six and five. Yeah, but six and five is last place in that division right now. They're trying. They're still trying. They're trying to figure out the, the best way to, to navigate the season, and they keep coming back to keep with Baker Mayfield, but just try to have him do as little as possible. And at some point, they're going to have to think about it. They're going to have to think about uh, taking him down. Yeah. Nick Chubb is... should have had Nick Chubb should have had forty five carries in that game. <laughs> I mean, they they don't want to kill him because if they kill him, they got nothing left. Right. Um, but you but, can't you can't have Baker going into these passing situations, throwing picks, almost losing to the Lions too. Right. You can't have your quarterback out there on a crutch. Right. If the Lions just weren't a joke football team, and, and I mean the fact yeah. that they almost beat the Bears on Thanksgiving, uh, that's <laughs> well, that's two joke football teams. Um, that was one of the worst games I've ever seen. I mean, the Lions, their play calling, 
that you're you're o and nine and one and you you'd think that you'd have a a little bit more just just be a little bit more aggressive you, you know you you don't you don't have to just run a draw play for two yards on third and fourteen. <laughs> I don't care where you are on the field. Just try to get the first out. You, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? You're o ten and one, which you are now. Um, it's like they had all that that one game where they pulled out all the stops against the Rams, and they're like, "Oh, we're done." <laughs> that was it. <laughs> we tried. Yeah, that 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 was a, a strange. Uh, now I'm done. That was a strange game because they really did seem like they. It was like they, they, Dan Campbell woke up and said, "Either we win this game or I die." It felt like they were trying oh, everything. That game. Yeah, the Ram game. Yeah, the Ram game. They pulled out everything, and then this the, trying to watch that game. I. It's one of the the only Thanksgiving game I really sat down and had on TV for a while, and I was just like, "This is so. This is painful." It was terrible. It was terrible. And so Chicago, and, and even more painful to get to the end if you're uh, a, a Chicago backer and you slog through that entire game just to get to where the Bears are finally getting that last drive, matriculating down the field. Lions are terrible, can't stop them, can't stop a nosebleed. Bears get to the four-yard line. Go ahead and punch it in. It's not like the Lions are going to come back on you. Go ahead and punch it in and cover the number. Nope. We quit. We quit playing football so that we can line this thing up to get the game-winning field goal and win by two. As soon well, as thank God game. we both had the Lions on, on that <laughs> game, right? Yes. Because if we had we Chicago. Actually, we both had we'll, the Lions getting the dub. Right. We had Detroit to win the game anyway. We were calling our shot, and we were going to pat ourselves on the back, on, but we couldn't do it. First we still win. got the cover, though. That's right. First Lions win. Nope, didn't happen, but got the, got the cover. Uh, so, yeah, the uh, Thanksgiving triple gobble uh, went my way. You, uh, you're you the only one with the L with the uh, Five uh, and one, pick. though, between the two of us. If people were, were, were betting our picks, they did okay. Absolutely. Um, and the Buffalo-New Orleans game especially because that one, yeah. I was within one point of nailing the score. I had 31 to 7. Oh. And the only reason I didn't get that is because New Orleans went for two and oh. failed at that. <laughs> but otherwise, that game went 100% the way I thought it was going to go. So, yeah, yeah, I had. But, as, I think I had that blowout territory as well. Oh, definitely. Yeah, we, we definitely saw that one going I, the, other, I the same way. I believe I gave the Saints more points because I was just assuming deck uh, time. That was mm-hmm. really it for me. Yeah, no, I, I saw the one touchdown, and that was about it. Because Buffalo's motivated now. They got their ass kicked by the Colts. Uh, they're embarrassed. Now they got to come back three days later and play this Thanksgiving game uh, against a, a terrible quarterback in Simeon. And, right. yeah, for some reason I, I, I saw the smothering coming. I, I thought the defense and the offense was going to have a, a, a huge effort, and that's exactly what they did. So I wish I could see every game that clearly. I just Well, you. they slayed the bum, and we didn't we, – so we've got to still pick uh, – we still have to pick a lock out of the, the remaining slate after we passed up, like, golden opportunity uh, uh, to, to lock up Bills and Saints and did not. Hell, I was joking about us uh, kicking ourselves not locking Detroit if, if, if they would have pulled out that victory. Not, and, that, not lock-worthy, no. Uh, no, but it would have worked. <laughs> if, if we, we would have won Detroit, our lock. Yeah. 
<laughs> but I mean, calling a calling a two and a half point dog or a three point dog to win a game, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, we'll see what we come up with uh, with the rest of these picks that are remaining. Uh, for week twelve, we have let's see eleven games uh, to pick. Yep, 10 on Sunday and one on Monday night. So uh, we will get to those picks in a couple of minutes after I tell you where you can listen to our show. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Not on the radio, but only here on the website, blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. To be notified when we're live, you can follow the show on the Blog Talk Radio website, or you can follow my Twitter feed, at IMLD Dre when I tweet out when we're live before every show. Jason is on Twitter too. His feed is at IMLDJTG. Our show is available as a podcast where you get the live show and a special VIP after show. To listen to the show as a podcast about an hour or so after the live show is over, come back to the show page and look through our archives or subscribe on iTunes or any number of different podcasting apps including Player.fm, Mixcloud, Blueberry, and the TuneIn Radio app. You'll get the whole show, the live show and the after show, downloaded straight to you. You can always send us a question or comment or shout-out via email to the following email address, inmuchlessdetail at gmail.com. You can follow all of our picks on our blog. The website for the blog is inmuchlessdetail.blogspot.com. Our Thursday night picks will be available Thursday afternoon on our Twitter feeds. Again, that's at IMLDDre and at IMLDJTG. This copyrighted broadcast is a production of Jay and Me and is solely performed for our entertainment as well as for any poor soul who happens to be listening. It is intended to be a football pick show for the private, non-commercial use of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, retransmission, or any other use of the descriptions and accounts of this podcast without the express written consent of Jay or me is strictly prohibited. So, yep, 11 more games to pick. I want to commend you, Jay, and I could commend myself as well. We are both tired as hell. We both have had very long weeks, especially the last few days. We made it through the first hour. We had uh, technical issues, got down, came back, still going strong. So uh, kudos to us for making it this far. I don't know what the next 42 minutes are going to hold, but we're, we've made it this far at least. Yeah, this is this is always like my my throat right now is just like fire. Yeah. And, and so let, 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 11 picks and, and then and I'll be good. <laughs> All right. All right, we will start in the south uh, with your Falcons and the Jaguars going down to Jacksonville. So Atlanta, four and six, uh, still consider all their wins on the road because of that one London win. And Jacksonville at two and eight, one and four at home. That big victory over Buffalo still stands out. Which Jags team will you get? Which Falcons team will you get? Who knows? Cold Daryl Patterson. Uh, may return from his knee injury. Uh, looks like he's on the mend. So Atlanta will get that weapon back. And I dare say they may not have had any chance to win this game if they don't get him back because they look like they had no idea what to do uh, in that Dallas game. 
Um, and for Jacksonville, their young cornerback, Shaq Griffin, is concussed, and he will miss the game. Uh, Falcons, very slight favorite. They are minus one at the Jaguars. Yeah, two weeks in a row, uh, the Falcons' offense has, has been uh, offensive. Uh, they're setting football backwards. Uh, their, their coach is calling them out, telling them they got to play smarter. Uh, they're just not a very good football team right now. They, you know, the Calvin Ridney, go, he's got the was it the mentals um, working on his mentals, still so, working. So, so, so he's gone. Um, I, I, I got a, I got a feeling that Atlanta might be uh, FedEx in it. They, they just, they don't seem very good. They had that win over the Saints, but that's a, that's a division opponent, and they, they hate each other, and they always, they always play it close. And since then, they've scored three points in two weeks. And the, 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 the two games that they played against Dallas and uh, New England were were that oh, they, they some that's some rough football. Even with the ten days off, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take Jacksonville here. Atlanta also a track record of uh, just like letting rookie quarterbacks shine. <laughs> so uh, maybe this is like Trevor Lawrence's day. Atlanta's defense not very strong. Uh, I, I, I'm going to take Jacksonville here as a home dog. Why, why not? The bad game. Well, yeah. Um, if we they, pick they, them all. <laughs> if they do, I will give you all the kudos and shout-outs uh, if Trevor Lawrence has a, a big day because he has not looked like he's turned the corner yet uh, as a as a quarterback. They, uh, they Their yards per average seem to be going down as the year goes on uh, passing the ball. And all these rookie quarterbacks, it's supposed to go up. Whatever, however bad you look, and Zach Wilson is uh, obviously is the worst of them. But at least you're supposed to get a little better as the season goes on. Just adjusting to the speed of the game, you're supposed to get a, even Justin Fields gets a, a little better. But Trevor Lawrence just has not seemed to to make that adjustment quite yet. Um, got the Falcons' offense looks so anemic. Um, so yeah, I love the under for this one, um, but. Just picking a winner, uh, not easy. Um, so splitting the baby and looking at the fact that the Jags should completely dominate on the ground and the Falcons probably will uh, throw over the Jaguars and, and put a better aerial performance on just because the Jags don't seem to be able to do anything in the air. Um, I'm going to wind up going with the veteran and then taking Matty Ice and then taking the Falcons. Uh, don't feel great about it, but yeah, we pick them all. Uh, so we start off uh, uh, on opposite sides, even though I don't think we neither one of us really love the, the No, the again, we both could see the other happening here, right? Uh, yeah, and I feel the same way about the, the next game. Jets-Texans. Well, oh. We're starting off with the, the barn burner oh. of the week here. Um, uh, who's this kid, Carter? Michael? Yeah, Michael Carter. Was doing well running the ball for the Jets. That was a, their one bright spot offensively, right. and now he's on the uh, IR with an ankle injury. Um, so they welcome back Zach Wilson as their quarterback uh, after Joe Flacco, after uh, Mike White, and, and all of that silliness. Uh, yeah, now we're back to, to Zach and giving him another look. Uh, and then the Texans, what do you make of the Texans after what they did to uh, the Tennessee? Uh, like I said, it, they got doubled up in yardage. So it's not like Houston went in and, and beat them up, but they just happened to get all the turnovers and, and get the victory. So two and eight Jets, two and eight Texans. Uh, Jets are plus two and a half down in Houston. Yeah, it's DFL in defense. Yeah. 
against uh, DFL in offense. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh my God! Um, you know, and then you have the the Houston defense, pretty pretty darn close to, to DFL. Um, but the, but the Jets offense, surprisingly, offense you know their passing offense has been okay. I don't know where that came from. I think that was all Mike White. That's definitely um, part of that. That was that was Mike White in that one game. Uh, Zach Wilson, though, this might be a downgrade. At quarterback for them, they might they might have hung in better in this game if it was Mike White or, or Joe Flacco. So obviously, I know they it's the it's the rookie. They're going to give him the shot. Um, but you know, you went with the veteran in the last game. Um, mm-hmm. Go with the veteran in this game. I'm going to take Tyrod Taylor. He they've been competitive with him, um, except for one game. <laughs> but all you know, they had that first game that they won. The second game, they were hanging in there until he got hurt, and then uh, they, they go down and they actually beat the Titans. So yeah, I'll I'll take the Texans and uh, Tyrod Taylor here at home. I think a lot of that Houston offensive rank is uh, oh god I can't even remember his name. He was so oh General Mills. Uh, you know what, <laughs> yeah. what do you do when you got General Mills starting seven games at quarterback for you? Uh, it's gonna take a long time to dig out of that hole. You do not much. That's what you do. This was really tough when I, before I dug into any numbers, I was just looking at this like I really don't want to pick Zach Wilson because he's awful, and I really don't want to pick the Texans two weeks in a row because that just seems like this. That that feels like something out of the asking TV for show. Trouble. Yeah, that feels like something out of the TV show Charm. That feels like I'm asking for a spell to be put on me if I pick the Texans two weeks in a row. But then I looked at the numbers. You remember I told you how terrible the Jets looked defensively, especially in that game against the uh, the Colts. Uh, you don't watch a whole lot of Jets football, but yeah. I got to see them Thursday night uh, a few weeks ago against the Indianapolis Colts, and they looked like they they weren't just bad; they were really like terrible, like the worst. Like they were just letting people run wide open all up and down the field. It didn't seem like they were trying to even cover anybody. And then the numbers bear it out. All their defensive metrics have been trending way, way down. The rushing is terrible. The passing defense is terrible. Um, everything is just going completely the wrong way. And I really don't understand uh, how you're going to bring in a defensive-minded head coach like Robert Sala and his defense is going to take a dump on the field like this. I just don't get that the players must really not be listening or there must really be a, a lack of talent. Or they're just bad. Or bad at football also qualifies. Or, or they're really bad at football or all of the above. Um, so not only uh, did I decide to go and take the Texans two weeks in a row, but look, oh. looking at the Jets. Oh, uh-oh. And Zach Wilson. You're talking about the worst quarterback option that they have on the team matched yes. up with the defense that's trending completely the wrong way and looking like the worst in all of football. Yeah. And they're only two and a half point underdogs. So, yeah. What, what the hell? I mean, Joe Flacco was respectable last week in that game again. The game we didn't talk about, Joe Flacco actually played okay against Miami. He had them in that game. Sure. Yeah. Came up empty at the end as we figured he would. But... Right. But they were there. Yeah, yeah, they were. And now Zach Wilson gets to come back and yeah, Zach Zach's bad, the Jets the defense is bad, everything's just bad. So I'm 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 taking the Texans and I'm have a locking lock of them the week up. coming out of Jets and and Houston. Wow. I certainly didn't think I was going to uh, before I looked at that game. Certainly did not. We have a lock coming out of a game 
two, two, and eight teams. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, we pick them all, and that, that's part of it, right? You've got high confidence. Um, I have had high confidence in the lack of ability of the Jets is basically what that yes. lock is. On to a much better game. We finally get, we got the two dregs out of the way, and now let's start looking at some much better games. Uh, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, uh, they're both uh, over 500. Pittsburgh is 5-4-1, and one, and Cincinnati is 6-4. and four. These two teams matched up in week three, and the Bengals beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh by a score of 24-10. to 10. And in that game, for some unknown reason, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who spent, when we laughed, I know, I remember we laughed about this on the recap, spent the uh, first round pick on the running back, Najee Harris, and talked about they're going to do all this stuff to change their offense and balance it out more and rely more on the run game. And that loss to the Bengals, Ben Roethlisberger threw the ball 58 times, and they came up with 10 points. Yeah. I really don't think they're going to do that again this time, but it's the Steelers. You just never know. You never know. Uh, Steelers are underdogs on the road, plus three and a hook, plus three and a half at the Bengals. These division ones, you know, and and this was the corollary that I didn't go with, right, that the Bengals will usually jump up and and they'll grab that one, especially at Pittsburgh. But you know what the other part of that corollary is? that the Steelers are going to go to Cincinnati and they're going to win the game. So I'm taking the hook here and I'm taking the Steelers. I'm kind of giving the Steelers that, that kind of last gasp, you know, I, I think this is, you know, Tomlin's a veteran coach, Roethlisberger. Uh, they're going to stay in the game. Like, you know, they showed this against the Chargers, the Chargers and the Bengals to me kind of feel similar, right? Like they're both on the way up but we just kind of, we're still looking at them like, I'm not sure about you guys. And I'm still looking at the Bengals, not quite so sure about them. This just feels like a spot. The Bengals are feeling, they're, they're, they're riding high. They just put the Steelers down last time they played them. But I'm, I don't want to count out, uh, you know, Big Ben and the Steelers just yet. Not saying that the Bengals can't, can't uh, you know, win by a field goal here. But that still puts the, the number on the side of the Steelers. So I'm going to take the Steelers. I'm the one last time, Steelers. Come on. <laughs> yeah, definitely looking at the Bengals uh, with a raised eyebrow. They got it back on track last week coming off the bye, but they still sort of feel like to me, like if you stop Burrow to chase, then you you got a, a much better chance uh, because they, they have a little bit of a trouble uh, adjusting. They uh, went to, to to Joe Mixon and relied on him last week, so that's a good sign. So maybe they're uh, figuring things out. Uh, the Steelers are trying to get some defensive reinforcements. Mika Fitzpatrick will return for this game from uh, having the goop. And T.J. Watt will also be active. Uh, they tried to get their veteran quarterback, Joe Hayden, but he's not going to play with his foot injury, and their tight end, Eric Ebron, is out with a knee. Uh, Pittsburgh offense hanging uh, in a shootout with the Clippers on Sunday night. That was kind of impressive, actually. I really didn't think uh, they had that in them. Uh, Big Ben uh, didn't try too much, but he, you know, he had to step up and make some throws, and he, he made some throws when he had to. Uh, can they build on that versus Cincinnati? Uh, I'm going to concur with you. I think they can, and it's because uh, all the things you said, and plus also Tomlin can win this game because it's not Detroit. It's not some no. It's an um, actual. It's an actual <laughs> good opponent. Right. It's not some scrub that he's going to take lightly and not get prepared for. It's actually the team that he uh, has to 
look out for and have some respect for. If, if the Bengals good. were three and seven, they would win this game. <laughs> the problem so with sad. the so this is the Bengals' problem. They're too good. Yeah, if they were a scrub, then we'd have another tie on our hands, perhaps. But uh, yeah, the Steelers would actually be up for this one. Uh, probably want to get some revenge as well for Week Three, I'm sure. <clears throat> uh, on to the Eagles and the Giants in the NFC East. Uh, the five and six Eagles, Jason's new favorite team, and the three and seven Giants at home are the underdogs to Philadelphia. I guess now the Eagles starting to get some love uh, now that they. Uh, got their first home win. The public will go with Philadelphia. They are three and a half point favorites at Danny Dimes and the New York Giants. Yeah, you know you rode the Eagles for so long, and then you finally, uh, you know, I, I've sort of stolen your, I've sort of stolen your Eagles thunder. But they're, they're figuring out who they are. They're they're hiding their quarterbacks throwing by <laughs> highlighting their quarterback running, and then they also have efficient runners. I mean, Jordan Howard, uh, what is it? Yeah, Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, they, they come at you with a lot of different guys in the backfield. Giants don't stop the run. Uh, they're not a very good team against the run. This plays to the Eagles' strengths. Um, you know, no, Danny Dimes is not the most efficient quarterback in football. We say that jokingly. <laughs> um, and that Eagle defense, it's top you know, 13th in the league now, almost top 10 against the pass. They're, they got to be trending up would be my guess. So I, I think the Eagles are kind of rounding into shape. I don't think they're going to get back to the point where they're going to challenge the Cowboys for the division um, overall. I still think the Cowboys are more talented, even though they've lost two in a row. But but the Eagles are uh, are definitely uh, – I'm not looking at them as, as badly as I was early in the season when I thought they were a bit of a joke and kind of a, like, like a one-trick pony, they're actually starting to look like they have a plan. And it's not just Jalen Hurts running for his life. So I'm, I'm going to take the Eagles and give the points. I'm, I'm riding that. I, I still got the bandwagon. you jumping back on, or I, are you in the dust? Uh, I was considering it. Um, it's, it's a very close pick. I think this was uh, part of what I'm looking at is how I, I still think that the Eagles are about as – starkly naked a team uh, as there is in the league like there is no question who the eagles are i don't think they're trying to figure anything out i think they know exactly who they are they run the ball and they can't throw because their quarterback is not very good at throwing the football and that's who they are and i think it's clearly obvious that they're going to outrush the new york giants easily and i think it's obvious to me that the Giants are going to outthrow the Eagles. So it's just sort of a toss-up. Uh, you mentioned Jordan Howard, who had been uh, effective for the Eagles. He's not going to play with a knee injury, but uh, Miles Sanders back for them is a, is a big help. Uh, so it'll be him and Boston Scott teaming up in the backfield. Uh, for the Giants, shockingly, their wide receivers are having injury issues. Again. What? No. Yeah, I know. I can't believe it. Sterling Shepard and Kadarius Tony, the rookie, uh, are going to miss the game with quad injuries uh so yeah it's it's a toss-up to me it's close jason garrett got canned so yeah that'll solve everything for the g-men um putting uh frankie uh freddie kitchens who was frankie kitchens putting freddie kitchens in uh as the new offensive coordinator for new york um i I think the uh eagles pass d has started to trend down a little bit you saw what um Trevor Simeon did to them uh, late in the game uh, where I, I thought the Eagles had already put them away. And all of a sudden here comes new Orleans trying to actually mount a comeback. Uh, so 
they're trending down. I don't know if they're trending down as much as Danny Dimes and the Giants passing offense is trending <laughs> down. I think that might be trending down even more. Um, I think, but I think decent run stopping is all you you need against Philadelphia because Jalen Hurts throwing is sort of painful to watch. Um, and the Giants might not be very good at stopping the run, but I think they're decent. They're 22nd uh, overall, and they're giving up 4.4 yards per carry. That's not good. I'm not trying to pretend like that's good, but I think at home a little bit of a of a bump. Um, I, I no, I I don't respect the Giants at home usually, but I don't have them going 0 and 8. Um, I think this is a, one of those divisional matchups, and I think they're going to rally up and actually have a, a good effort. And I actually got the Giants uh, to win this game. Very close, though. I think it could really okay. go either right. way. <laughs> we don't even have to <laughs> say it anymore on any pick we make. I can see this going either way. <laughs> I'll have to lay, I'll have to name that the uh, the, the episode next week. I'll have to name it. Uh, I can see this game going either way. Uh, moving on to Tampa and Indy. I can see this game going either way too. The uh, seven and three uh, Buccaneers and the six and five Colts. Uh, you talk about a Styles clash. Uh, yeah. We got the uh, the aerial show of Tuami and the Bucks going against the ground and pound of the uh, Indianapolis Colts and Jonathan Taylor. So it's going to be fascinating uh, to watch that matchup. Tampa Bay is a three point favorite on the road at the Indianapolis Colts. And, and I haven't been too impressed with Tampa, right? Uh, we, we've we've kind of figured out, I think, kind of who Tampa is, and we definitely know uh, who Indy is, right? So mm-hmm. we know what the game plan has to be for the Bucks going up against Jonathan Taylor and that and that Colts offense. Make Carson Wentz beat you. You're gonna. I, I mean, if, if if this is an eight-man, nine-man, ten-man boxes <laughs> up against up against that Colts O line trying to stuff the run and and make making Carson Wentz beat you, then then Tampa could just quit it. Just stop playing football because you have to make Carson Wentz prove that he can make the big throws even against your bad secondary. I fully admit that we know Tampa is weak on the back end. They're too a lot of injuries, but it's Carson Wentz. You got you got to load up the box. You got to make them one dimensional because if Jonathan Taylor gets off, it's going to be a long day because now that opens up the play action that 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 softens up the the, the middle. Um, it really makes the game you know plays to the strength of the Colts. I, I think that Bruce Arians. I think that Tampa is going to be smart enough here. They have a good. They have a great run D. It's the top run defense in football. So when you talk about strength on strength, that's what we want to see. But I don't think it's going to be strength on strength with just your standard defense. You got to pull another guy or two down. You give up a couple of big plays to Carson Wentz. Yeah, you, get, you got to make him do it the whole game. You, you need that Kirk Cousins against the the Packers game out of Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz doesn't have that in him. I'll, I'll take Tampa. Doesn't that club in his bag? You don't think? No. No. Uh, yeah. You, last, last time I checked, Carson Wentz doesn't have 21 TDs and two picks. You will definitely see uh, Levante David and, and Devin White and those linebackers walking up and filling those gaps and helping out the uh, the front four of the, of the Buccaneers, uh, who may get Vita Vea back in the middle there uh, from his knee injury, which would be a big help as well. That feels like uh, one of those all-hands-on-deck type moves. I've, I saw that a few times uh, this week where defenders and guys are coming back and teams are you know, maybe calling in the, the, the reserves and saying, hey, all right, we need everybody. All right, I don't know how healthy you are, but come on, we need you. you know, get out here. Then 
Tampa definitely needs uh, Vita Vea to, to help stop the run, uh, to help plug up things that you talk about that still number one run defense. They were number two until the Saints uh, had their issues, and now the Bucks are back to number one. Uh, but they're definitely not uh, holding down as far as uh, yards per carry. They were under three. Now they're at 3.8. So teams uh, in the in Chicago was part of that uh, are running more against Tampa. I, I, from what I've seen, it's been uh, adjustments to the adjustments. So you talked about the Tampa uh, secondary getting so many injuries and letting uh, a lot of plays behind them. I think they started devoting more to trying to to shore that up, and as a result, they opened up their run game uh, a little bit, and teams started taking advantage of uh, more opportunities to run on Tampa Bay, um, and they've given up more more yards on the ground than uh, than they normally would give up, and I think that'll continue with with Taylor and the Colts. I think the Colts this is what they do. Um, it it really is you know, strength on strength. Uh, and I think the Colts will run for their customary, you know, buck and a half or so uh, in the dome. But then you got to an answer for Tommy on the other end, and the Colts don't have that club in the bag either. Uh, they're, they're not very good in their secondary. They give up a lot of uh, balls underneath. They give up a lot of uh, middle-type stuff. They try to play everybody back and deep, trying to guard against the deep ball. But – that just opens up so many uh, secondary middle routes, and that's what Tommy, of course, uh, uh, specializes in. Um, so I think that's sort of perfect for for Tampa Bay. Buffalo and Tampa would be impressive back-to-back scalps on the wall for Indianapolis. So if they do it, uh, absolutely impressive and, and tip your hat. And I, I wouldn't be surprised. I could see it going either way. Uh, but, you know, if, if Jonathan Taylor rips them, and carries carries him to a victory. He really, really would be MVP at that point. But yeah, the, that soft indie coverage should let Tommy be uh, ultra efficient and just move the ball all day back and forth. And I think it'll come down to, you know, they're they're close. Taylor's keeping the Colts in it. Tommy's doing what he's doing. And then at some point they're going to have to trust Carson Wentz to try to do something, and it'll be a Wentz boner that leads to a, a Tampa Bay victory. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> when you really think about, yeah, I could see this going either way. You said it right. Um, when you think about it, Tampa's got like multiple pathways to victory in this game, right? Indy has one. Yeah. That's it. Running down their throat. That's that's the pathway to victory. Nope, I, I concur. All right, don't have to spend much time on this regular game. Carolina, Miami, five and six Panthers, four and seven Dolphins. Uh, Cam gets another start. Uh, they, they they love the Cam show, even though they lost the game. The betters love the Cam, and then they think he's back to old cam because Carolina's a road favorite they are minus two and a half at Tua and the Dolphins uh, yeah I, I I said it last week when I took Miami they're going to play a little bit more loose they're playing with house money now there's no pressure they they, they they went and they beat the Jets they played a very game Jets squad Joe Flacco had a nice game but my you know Miami was there they, they just went score for score with them and and they pulled it out in the end. I, I I kind of agree with you. I think you got everything that you could expect to get, and then some out of Cam Newton last week. And I, and if they're going to treat him like he's a toy and and he's twenty five year old, twenty six year old Cam Newton, uh, you're going to have a lot of games like this. And, and that's coaching. If the coach is going to 
you know, oh, man, I've got the running quarterback now. I've got the former MVP, and, I, and I've got Christian McCaffrey. I'm going to run both of them. No, no, no. You need mm-hmm. to run Christian McCaffrey all over these guys and let Cam Newton stand back there and, and do some play action and turn them into Ryan Tannehill, handed it to Derrick Henry. I don't think Carolina is smart enough to do that. They're paper champions. <laughs> I'll take the Dolphins. Yeah. I don't, I don't trust Cam at all. I just don't. They, he's not a full quarterback. He's he's like one and a half. Like his arm yeah. is just not there anymore. So it's uh, Matt Rule is going to try to, I guess, run him into the ground. I was I was afraid that was what was going to happen when they brought him back. But then I heard him talking about, well, uh, Cam's going to take the first snap, but then PJ Walker, uh, you know, I might use him too. Uh, Apparently that didn't that, that didn't happen and that may not happen. I don't know if it's going to happen this game, uh, but yeah, I, I, I concur. I, I don't think they're bright enough to use Cam the, the way they they should. Uh, more of a I hate to say it, but like a, a Taysom Tebow type guy, just kind of bring him in uh, in certain situations and take advantage of that athleticism and, and do the Superman at the goal line and stuff, but. Uh, to try to run a whole game around him and, and game plan and no 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 uh, so yeah I'll, I'll concur and, and take the fish. Uh, moving on to Tennessee, New England. Oh, those Titans. Whew. So eight and three now after losing to the Houston Texans and yeah, and then Patriots at seven and four and with a bullet just steamrolling people and looking better and better every week. No surprise, they're the big favorite. In fact, they're the biggest favorite of the week. There are no double-digit spreads this week. I don't know what that says exactly. Wow. Uh, but this is the biggest, Tennessee plus seven and a half at New England. Yeah, so we we talked about it. Ryan Tannehill now, he's not turning around and giving it to Derrick Henry. He's not even turning around and giving it to Adrian Peterson. Turning around he's... and giving it to Deontay Foreman. Right. He's not throwing it to uh, A.J. Brown, and he's not throwing it to Julio Jones. This is a shell. Throwing it to Nick westbrook Ikina. Oh, this is this is a shell of, of what Tennessee was even three, four weeks ago. Uh, they are getting by on record and on record alone while you have the Patriots now with this, uh, you know, the, the, the best winning streak in football right now. They're one of the top point differential teams overall. They're blowing people's doors off. It is, it's getting crazy how good they are from where they were when the season started to where they are now. Yeah, I'm locking up the Patriots. Can't blame me for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, you got no argument from, from okay. me on, on doing that. <laughs> you don't see this one going either way? Is that what you <laughs> Every single decent offensive player for Tennessee is dead. Yes. Except Tammy. And you saw what happened uh, to, to Tanny when you trust him with the with the keys. He's he's gonna wreck it. You, you give yeah. him the keys to the Porsche, he's gonna crash that son of a bitch into a fire hydrant at some point. Uh, he is much less uh, protective of the rock than even the rookie Mac Jones. So this yeah. is this might be the the veteran coming in and having three turnovers and the rookie taking care of it and having none. Uh, and, and New England going uh, to another steamrolling victory. So yeah, I'll concur. Uh, with the point spread. I'm surprised you didn't bring up uh, the, the feeling that you get when you see Tennessee at New England. and the, the You the, mean 59 the, to nothing in the blizzard? The, the vision and the scoreboard and, and all the feelings that come up when you see Tennessee at New England. And, and old people like us uh, remember a particular 59 to, no, to nothing 
shellacking by uh, yeah. by Bill Belichick and the Patriots. And am I remembering correctly? Tom Brady was not part of that. No, no, no. Tom Brady was the quarterback for that game. Okay, I thought that was a Matt Castle. Uh, no, that was. I believe that was a Tom Brady uh, fifty-nine to nothing because I, okay. I can distinctly remember him like running touchdowns in in that game, which <laughs> is something he never does. It was. It was. Just, yeah, you, you know, know it was a blizzard. Game. Yes, it was. That I remember. Field it covered just, in yeah. snow, and one team moving the ball, and the other one not. Yeah. And yeah, I said it before. Tennessee's defense complements a good offense very well. They don't. Yeah, Tennessee's too much pressure on this Tennessee. They're not good enough to handle this kind of pressure. Definitely agree with that. Late afternoon action, Clippers and Denver in AFC West action, the 6-4. and four. L.A. Chargers on the road at the 5-5 five and five Denver Broncos. Uh, Asante Samuel Jr., the cornerback, is concussed, and he is out for the Clippers. Bradley Chubb finally activated from his ankle injury. It looks like he's going to play for the Broncos who need the uh, pass rushing help. Uh, Clippers are favorites on the road, minus two and a half at the Broncos. Yeah, well, this one became easy for me because the Clippers, no matter how good they are, whether it's on paper, uh, they'll let the other team hang around and they'll find a way to end up winning the game by three. Well, it's a two and a half point spread, so I'll take the Clipper Chargers. No, in, in this drunk ass season, whatever you do to simplify things and, and make picks uh, make make sense to you. That's all that matters. So, I, I, kudos to you making it as simple as possible. I, I try to do that on a lot of my picks. Is if I see something that that makes it go just pop in my mind, like that's it, that's that's the pick and that's the reason. Just simplify it. That's, that's I'm right with you on that. Um, for this one, Vic Fangio has to corral Justin Herbert somehow. Uh, who morphed into a superhero against the Steelers, just running and throwing and doing everything uh, that you have to do to win a game. Very impressive effort and outing by that young man. Um, And I think the Broncos defense will allow him to continue to do that. They're good, but not on the level that they have been in the past this year. So I I concur. I'll take the Clippers to, uh, to win probably by, by three, just like you said, a, They'll, they'll they'll take a 14-point lead into the half and find a way to let the Broncos and Teddy Bridgewater come back and they'll win with a late field goal. All right, Rams-Packers uh, should be the game of the week. Uh, the 7-3 and three L.A. Rams uh, coming off the bye go up to the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field and visit the 8-3 and three Packers. I know it's going to be cold up there. Is it going to be snowing or no? Uh, no. No, we had a little bit of snow blow through today. Uh, we have a little bit expected to come through on Monday, but I believe they will be clean uh, tomorrow. But it'll be windy. Ah, cold and windy, lovely. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be chilly and there will be a breeze. I, I, I know that it'll, it'll be blowing <laughs> probably fifteen to twenty. So that that's uh, they'll feel it down there. Yeah. Uh, so Karen's got COVID toe and he's trying to show it off to everybody on the on the camera. So I don't know how healthy uh, Rodgers is. Uh, Aaron Jones may return from his knee injury, so he might get the uh, the full backfield back for them. Uh, Rams coming off the bye, um, I was actually surprised at their favorite. I don't know when the last time Aaron Rodgers has been an underdog, but L.A. is minus one on the road at Green Bay. Yeah, it's surprising to me. I have a feeling a lot of this has to do with all the Packers' uh, defensive injuries. They, they've been holding up well. They did not hold up well against the Vikings. Um, but – 
I'll tell you what, I'm going back to that playoff matchup, and and Mm. the Packers' game plan was masterful because the Rams come in, they've got that that, that tough pass D, they've got that great pass rush, and the Packers decided that was the game. They were just going to unleash A.J. Dillon, and they just battered right up the middle that whole game, and I don't see – I see them doing that again. I, I could see the Packers trying to ugly this thing up and, and just go right up the middle. Just just hit that soft middle, loosen up that defense a little bit, and then let Aaron Rodgers go to work. Uh, plus, you got the West Coast team headed to Lambeau. And Matthew Stafford, uh, not, a, not a great track record at Lambeau Field either. Uh, so we'll see how well the, the West Coast warm weather team holds up in cold, windy Lambeau. Um, I think the better running team wins here. That's definitely the Packers. Uh, yeah, they're definitely the better running team, and I definitely think they will do that same strategy and establish the run up the middle on the Rams. Um, it, it's a different team, you know, when you talk about Matthew Stafford in there uh, as opposed to Jared Goff. So the prospect of the Rams mounting a, a proper comeback if they do go down uh, early, uh, I like the Rams' chances, chances a lot better. <laughs> Well, with Stafford, well, yeah. even though Stafford may not, you know, have the best record at Lambeau, I still think L.A. Uh, coming off laying a couple of turds, I think maybe the bye was perfect timing for them. Uh, get mentally right, heal up a little bit physically. Uh, I think Jalen Ramsey versus Devontae Adams again—that's always a heavyweight bout. Um, and I just—I I just don't know what's the deal with Rogers' toe and his his mobility. I know he put up great numbers last week. I know he played his ass off and could have easily won that game over the Vikings, but he is still not healthy. He's complaining about that toe. Uh, the Rams pressure on Rodgers, I think is the key. Um, I think if they get to, to Rodgers uh, and, and rattle him, and then you have uh, Ramsey, I don't think he's going to shut down Devontae Adams. I don't know if anyone can, but that combination, the pressure that the Rams have been building up, uh, bringing in Von Miller to help out Aaron Donald and, and just uh, trying to bring as much hell to whatever quarterback as they possibly can combined with uh, having a cornerback that can actually stay with Devontae Adams at least most of the time. Uh, I think that's the best combination defensively to come in against the Packers. I think that's the best way to knock off the Packers. If it's going to be done, I think that's the way to do it. And Green Bay is having offensive line problems again. You talk about the secondary problems and the defensive uh, injuries that they've had, uh, the offensive line having injuries again, I think that's a, an even bigger issue. It's uh, Rodgers is clearly a different quarterback when he's not uh, getting the protection that he wants, as is any quarterback, of course. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to actually take the uh, the Rams. I think it's uh, – if, if it's going to happen – uh, someone coming into Lambeau and, and winning. I think that's the uh, the scenario, and I think that's uh, how the Rams are going to get it done. Uh, so you're, saying, to, you're saying you could see this going either way? But, you know, I could see that going either way. Uh, I'm too, uh, I definitely can see this one going either way. Minnesota, San Francisco, they're both 5-5. Five and five. These are both my pet projects, my pet teams. Uh, I, this is the one I really struggle with all, all week because this is – the Vikings, and you know how I love the Vikings when they balance their offense, and they definitely have balanced it this year between the run and the pass versus the Niners, my pet project that they're 
making up all this ground and coming back and, and putting together a second half based on their, their seasonal ranks and their yards per game and yards per play. And uh, Niners are underrated. They're, they're going to come and do some damage and they've been, you know, doing well the last couple of games anyway. So uh, public definitely thinks it's a toss up because it's a cop out line, Minnesota plus three at San Francisco. Yeah, it's, it does smell pushy. I will mm-hmm. say that. This game's definitely got pushy written all over it. Um, I'm going to still err on the side of the Niners here in this game. You know, I, I think they're going to hold serve at home. Uh, they're definitely they're a good defensive team. It's the strength of the Vikings, that plays into the strength. So they, so let's say that those two cancel each other out. Minnesota's defense, though, uh, they give up the booty. Uh, they, they give it against the pass. They give it up against the run. Uh, they let Aaron Rodgers throw his way back into that game. Um, I, I'm, it's admirable what they've done. They, they, they know their identity. Uh, Delvin Cook, they, they win with one. But what do we say you need on the road? You need to take a running game and a defense. Unfortunately, the Vikings only have one of those. So I'll take the Niners. Uh, Eli Mitchell likely out again with that broken finger at running back for the Niners. Uh, for the Vikings, best wishes to Everson Griffin. All you can do is uh, say hopefully he's getting all the help that he needs as he uh, has a, an episode at his house. Uh, the mentals? Yeah, another case of the – well, this mentals involved a gun. That's always well, – uh, yeah. that always kicks things up a notch for sure. But uh, they thankfully got that uh, taken care of before uh, anything happened. So he's definitely not with the team and be surprised if we saw him anytime soon. Um, and that's actually contributes to my concurring with you and taking the Niners because you're talking about uh, shorthanded now on defense when you talk about Griffin and losing uh, Daniel Hunter earlier in the season to injury. Um, Vikings were holding up decently defensively uh, in the first half of the year, just getting all the pressure and sacks that they were getting. But as that has started to break down uh, with injuries and now uh, the situation with Griffin, um, yeah, their defense is definitely uh, having a lot of problems. And that's definitely something you don't want to do is go into Kyle Shanahan's house with defensive problems because he will find a way to scheme your ass and make you look silly. He's got Debo Samuel out there running around as a lead running back, that's the. I know you're not the biggest fan of taking wide receivers and putting them in the backfield, but man, when you put that guy back there and you're a defense and you look up, you see him, you're like, uh, oh shit, I I don't want any part of that one. I I don't want to tackle him. He he looks like he hurts. I, I don't want that. So I don't mind that from a gadget standpoint. Just don't just don't overdo it. Uh, he's kind of trying to overdo it. He's running Debo, you know, looks like eight to 10 plays a, a game of the last couple games and it's working because Debo is a bitch and he's a, he's a beast to handle. So you got two beasts out there, Justin Jefferson and Debo Samuel. They're both unstoppable. I'm going to trust San Fran to use their weapon better than, than Minnesota because they, Justin Jefferson disappears sometimes for the Vikings, as we know. So I'm going to concur on that one. Sunday night football, Cleveland and Baltimore is such a weird schedule quirk that uh, Cleveland's going to play the Ravens. They're going to get their late bye next week, and then they're going to come right back after the bye and play the Ravens again. I don't think we've ever no. seen Still a team play. <laughs> right. I think we've ever seen a team play the same team two games in a row, even though there is a bye in between that. Uh, but Baker Mayfield and the 6-5 and five Browns, uh, who should get Kareem Hunt back from his calf injury, so they'll have their backfield uh, together again. But Lamar Jackson, he's 
back from whatever illness he had. So Baltimore coming to full strength as well. Cleveland plus three and a half at the seven and three Ravens. Yeah, this entire game is like strength on strength. I mean, this is the the number one run offense against the number two run defense, right? The, the number three overall offense against the number four overall offense. But Cleveland's clearly a different team uh, since Baker got the bum flipper. I mean, you you can run to win, but you still need the quarterback accurate throws. That's it's not Baker right now. He, he he's I mean, give him credit. He's toughing it out but it's not going to be good enough, especially in a game on the road against a good team like the Ravens are. I'm going to take the Ravens here. I don't see this one going either way. <laughs> uh, I concur. Find it, I find it hard to trust in Cleveland as long as their quarterback is a non-factor like that. Like they're clearly trying not to use him. Like, it, like I said, you're going to have to get to that point where you decide to sit him down because he's just not effective and, He's out there trying not to get hurt and trying not to, you know, and trying not to get hurt any further than he already is. Um, the only chance for Cleveland is if Lamar is slow or sick, still sick or rusty from coming back from being sick. So no, I, I concur with you. Um, we're going to be off the air live before our last pick. So listen to our after show. That's all I can tell you. And we are now in the after show where we're picking the Monday nighter between the Seahawks and the potato skins. I don't know if anyone was, relying on that or waiting on that game breathlessly if you are sorry but uh it's in our after show now and russell wilson and the three of seven seahawks are plus a point at beer man and the four and six washington football team yeah, if this if they had gone cop out or you know three and a half i might have been tempted to take the seahawks you know it's like oh last gasp of the seahawks but, man, when you start to look at the numbers and you start to see the way that that team is trending, even with Russell Wilson back, it's like they're worse. <laughs> they're just they're, – they're a bad football team right now. They lost to Colt McCoy. Uh, they're going east, which they never do well. Uh, they, they did it okay when they were actually like the Legion of Boom Seahawks, but they, they, that team ain't showing up. Um, you know, they're, they're almost dead last in defense. Their offense is 30th. Uh, it, oh, yeah, there's a reason why I picked them for last. I didn't see it going this upside down, but yeah, I, I, I thought that the Seahawks were a team that was trending down. Um, and, and Washington, you know, they, they, Washington, the best thing I can say about them is that they're, all right. I mean, they're not very good, but they're a better team than Seattle right now. Uh, so other, other than Russell Wilson, you know, like winning one for the Gipper and pulling out one last like prime time, you know, major effort. Uh, they're so, they're so bad. Uh, I'll take Washington. Uh, Earl Thomas is not walking through that door. Uh, no, Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Ch- Cam Chancellor. None of those guys no. are showing up for this game. No. And, and if Thomas did walk through the door, he'd have both his middle fingers up anyway. Yeah, he'd, so just, he be, yeah, he'd just be going double bird. Right. Uh, Pete Carroll needs to be the one on suicide watch. We talk about Bryce and Brooklyn and, and Lou, the Jets fan. Uh, uh, some of the stuff that Pete was saying at his post-game press conference, he walks out and then comes back. and He's like, I, I, we just, we're, we're no good and I don't know what I'm doing and stuff like that. I was like, damn, he's sort of sounds like he's done with his job. Like he thinks that everything's passing by. It's 
funny because we talk about everything passing by just looking at the other teams in this division and how they're all young and hip and got the right. offensive coordinators that know what they're doing and, and, and head coaches. And, yeah, the Seahawks are kind of stale. They haven't yeah. evolved. No, definitely. Um, and if Russ falls to beer, man, they can pretty much pack it in for the season. But it, it, there's no reason to trust that he's going to do – he's looked really, really bad since he came back. Now, he had a busted finger on his throwing hand yeah. and yes. missed a month of football. So it's understandable that he looks like crap since he's come back. But the fact is, he's looked like crap since he's come back. So, yeah, there's no reason to trust it. Uh, so I'm going to concur and, and take the potato skins with you. I got to say, I'm thinking it's only maybe like four that we disagree on. It's not a lot. You're always very good when uh, when you guess those things. There'll be a lot of kumbaya this week, surprisingly, after after what it's been. <laughs> uh, it looks like only three. Three? Wow. Yeah. Atlanta, Jacksonville. Yeah. Giants, Philly. And Green Bay, L.A.? That appears three. to be it. Wow. We will not so, have five games over each other ripping back and forth <laughs> this week. So, so, yeah, that's the weird part about that is after, you know, week after week where we've been disagreeing on eight, nine, yeah. you know, seven. It, here we are. We only disagree on three. And if you count Thanksgiving, we only disagreed on four for the entire week. Wow. <laughs> So yeah, we we actually uh, we we say we see can see it going either way, but we're, we are <laughs> lockstep this week. But all those other weeks where we were eight and nine different, we could see a lot of those games going either way. We just happen to fall on the opposite side of a lot of them. Yes. Drunk, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, yeah, I I can't give you seven games this week, so that's a bonus. <laughs> Damn it! I wanted to do that every week. Um, so yeah, you, uh, definitely have had a, a, a rough week. It's been as a always. long, been a long week. This is, yeah, this, this is, this one, this is, this is the one that, that just always gets me. Yeah. That, that Black Friday after Thanksgiving and the Saturday and, uh, you working tomorrow too? Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. have a day off till Tuesday, Oof. but my days are shorter now. So it's like, you know, tomorrow I only work like a six hour day and Monday I work a five hour day. So I've actually got a couple of nice short days here to kind of glide into my, my quote unquote weekend. Oh, but, slacker. Yeah. But you know, it's <laughs> 11 o'clock now and I'll, I mean, I'll still be up at six, six thirty. So the, the, the sleep will, I, I won't catch up on the sleep for a few days. Well, I wanted to talk about my illness one, because it's, affected the show because we had a show yeah. scheduled for Wednesday and I had to cancel it. Uh, and two, cause if I wind up dying before the next show, I wanted to be on the record. What the hell was happening to me? Oh, um, okay. No, it was just so strange. So it's uh Tuesday. Uh, we, uh, my wife and I went out to Kroger uh, to pick up Thanksgiving dinner. Um, we had our dinner and we also picked up dinner for her uncle but it was stupid because we get there and the people behind the counter had no idea where our order was. They had no record of it. They didn't know who we were. They didn't know what we were talking about. My wife is showing them the fucking order on her phone. Like, here it is. Here's the confirmation that Kroger sent to me that says this, that we've got your order uh, recorded and it should be ready such and such, such and such. 
and they keep going back there to the back, and they keep coming back with their arms up like, ah. No, no. So, yeah. So we stood there in the store for a half hour uh, waiting for them to make our, our Thanksgiving dinner. It's not like we could go somewhere or go home and pick it up, you know, the next day or anything like that because we're taking it from there directly to her uncle's house that night, and he's expecting it. So we had to stand there and wait for that. So I don't know if I caught an illness standing there in the store amongst all these other people walking around. Some of them are mad. Some of them are not. Um, so there's a possibility I got sick there. Then the next day, Wednesday, I had a massage scheduled. Um, haven't had a massage since before COVID, and I was very much looking forward to that. Um, so I get there, and it's a new place uh, my massage therapist had, and I lay down on the table, and immediately I'm like, it's freaking cold in here. And I let her start the massage about five minutes in. I was like, can we do something about the heat in here? Cause it's a, and she actually says, I didn't know if you wanted the heat on or not. I'm like, do you not feel how cold it is in here? Could not believe she didn't think to turn the heat on. So she turned the heat on. It didn't really help much because the building itself was, was freezing cold. So basically it was a 90-minute massage of me just having chills like the entire oh. time. Fun. And yeah, not not very enjoyable. She not, didn't step on you at all. She did not she, stop. I still have never seen a, a massage place with uh, anything hanging from the ceiling where someone could 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 hang on and step on on you. That's, okay, that has not Good. made it to uh, to down here yet. Apparently, I don't I don't know about that. Um, but no, it was ninety minutes of of chill. Ninety. I felt like I was in an igloo the entire time. I really did. Got out of there. Could not wait to get home and get under the covers. And basically from there, for the next, God, uh, for the next maybe eight hours or so, it I had not just chills, but like bone-chilling chills, no matter how many layers I put on, and body aches. Like I didn't want to get up out the bed. I was hurting, and it was, I just had a massage, you know, a deep tissue massage, so that's expected a little bit. But what this was, was it felt like I was sick. And then I was also having some you know, congestion and whatnot. And that's when I was texting you and said, I don't know about tonight. I'm going to try, but it's, I don't, because I was actually speaking out loud and trying to project my voice to see how I was sounding. And it wasn't going well <laughs> when I was texting you. I'm like, this doesn't look like it's going to be, I was, my voice was really weak. Um, I was still having aches. I was still in pain, and my and then my left foot was starting to swell up, and it's still a little swollen because I think uh, my massage therapist yanked my my toes a little too hard. Uh, so I had a lot going on Wednesday physically, and you uh, were talking about how you were going through some some things because of your job, and uh, maybe it wasn't the best thing for you to be sitting up and, and doing the show that night Wednesday. So maybe we should just bang the whole thing. Oh yeah, well actually I had hurt my back. Oh, okay. um, it hurt my back. Oh, that's right. You were telling stuff. Talking yeah, about, we were getting uh, ready. Uh, I was moving. I was moving furniture. I was getting ready because uh, we had to put up the Christmas tree. I was put up the Christmas tree on Thanksgiving, so I had to move a big piece of furniture. And I just decided, you know, I was going to wait till the wife got home. And now nah, I was like, ah, yeah, I'm a tough guy. I'll do it. And <laughs> so, of course, I'm moving this thing, and oh man, my back is just on fire on Tuesday, and it's just killing me. 
and I couldn't sleep. I was, wasn't sleeping good. I was taking like popping like ibuprofen or a leave or whatever, just trying to get this thing uh, to feel right. And I was like, man, I just wasn't at that point when you're talking about like, you're not feeling good. I'm like, you know, now that I think about it, I don't want to go home and just have to sit in the chair for, you know, two, three hours or whatever, you know, whatever it ends up being. Yeah, and, you know, after working all day because I was on my feet all day and it was just making my back just kill me. I was just, I just want to go home. I want to lay down. <laughs> so you kind of did me a favor. No, oh, okay. Well, you you did me a favor by giving me the uh, uh, the the option to go uh, and, and cancel yeah, the show because I didn't. I was I was going to try to tough it out with you. I was you know, but but you talked about maybe you know that your back was hurting. Maybe we should just uh, bang the whole thing. And I was like, yeah, yeah. You kind of gave you know, me that I, out, and I was like, yeah, I'm yeah. Thinking. Yeah, that's like yeah, that's probably a good idea because at at that point I wasn't sounding like I was gonna be much of a contribution to the show. Like I was literally, you would have laughed. I'm like trying to do uh, Ric Flair '80s promos out loud. My wife's in the other bedroom, probably thinking I'm losing my mind. I was kind of half delirious because of how ill I was feeling, Uh, but I was doing those things out loud and trying to project just to see how how I, how loud I could get how I, how strong I could make my voice sound and it, it just it wasn't there it just was not uh responding um so yeah it was uh at that point it sounded it, it seemed like a, uh, the right thing to do and I don't uh regret canceling the show but it is true that by the time the show would have started that evening at nine I felt fine like oh. I don't know what the fuck <laughs> I don't know what that was, but I struggled to put some food in my mouth around, I don't know, five or six uh, Wednesday afternoon. Um, and the moment I started actually eating something and getting some, some fluids in me uh, is when I actually started feeling better. And, but that's how terrible I felt is that I couldn't get up and get something to eat or something to drink because I was in such uh, body pain and, and just feeling uh, ill and feeble and everything else. Uh, but once I started eating, I just started feeling better, like instantly. And like I said, by nine o'clock, I actually felt pretty much close to my old self. Um, so that, and I haven't felt those, uh, symptoms since I have not felt the uh, extreme body aches and I haven't felt the chills. Um, even though it's still pretty cold in this house and my wife wants to keep the house cold for whatever reason. Um, but it's uh it was it was odd we both had our our struggles and some some oddities happen this week so if I, I was wondering about the worst honestly i was thinking about you know I, i'm joking about you know karen rogers and the COVID toes but i'm looking at my toes and how swollen they were after the massage so now i'm googling COVID toes and i'm trying to uh, <laughs> uh, 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 uh you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sick i'm feeling making sick fun and, of them but uh-huh. yeah i see I'm feeling sick and I got swelling in my foot. I'm like, no, this this can't be. It can't be. But then I'm thinking about the places that I've been you know, the last couple of days, and eh, who knows? Who knows what's what's lurking when you go into these buildings? So, uh, but so I'm fine as as of right now, um, except for the the foot still a little swollen. But other than that, well, good, doing pretty good. Well, good that you're better, not that you know yes. that it happened. Yeah. All right, so I think we're we're both about ready to to wrap it up. It's been a very long week for yeah. both of us. It's got I gotta gotta relax the the, the voice because I still got two more days of talking at work. Yeah, 
Uh, so your Thanksgiving was fine, and my Thanksgiving was yeah, fine. Yeah, no, and... Thanksgiving was great. It was actually a really nice long day. You know what I mean? It was like it's an all-day holiday here. It's, sure. There's so much going on. You know, I'm up with the kids. I'm Christmas shopping. We're putting up the tree. We're decorating. You know, there's foods being cooked. We're snacking. We're watching football. It's just it's just one boom, boom, boom all day long. And then it's like I got to get in bed early because I was up at 4:30 in the morning on Friday. Um, to be out the door for work by 6.15. Um, and then, yeah, not home until 9 p.m. So so that's a day. That's a 15-hour day. It's quite the day. And it's it really is the only day of the year where I work, where I leave in the dark and I get home in the dark. Hmm. When I left for work, it was dark out. When I got home, it was dark out. And it's part of winter as well because it's – Something you really can't do uh, in the summertime with the longer days, but now in the winter, uh, no, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, at the, at the end of November, it's uh, it's very possible. But no, even on a mm-hmm. normal work day for me, it doesn't matter. I mean, I I leave for work you know, most days at eight a.m. Right. So yeah, at eight a.m. leaving the, leaving the house, it's it's light. It's not light out this time. It's six fifteen in the morning. No, no, it's certainly not. It's. Uh... I'm so happy that we uh, fall back and, and gain that extra hour. Um, I see a lot of people complaining so much about the uh, how it's basically dark at five now because of that. Uh, I, I'm yeah. not so, you know, that that's not something that really kills me so much. What kills me is when I leave the house at 630 to go to work and it's still black and I'm driving to work and it's dark. That's that's that fucks me up more than anything. Like leave, going to work in the dark, and I'm not making coffee at home because we got coffee at work, so I don't bother doing that at home. So I'm half sleep. Um, it's dark. These crazy ass <laughs> drivers down here in Memphis, uh, man. If you're not going 80, you're in their way, and that's not uh, fun at all. But especially not when it's dark and you're sleepy. So I welcome the, right. the fall back and, and the fact that there's actually some sunshine when I leave the house in the morning. Because God. It, that's the worst to me is when it's dark in the morning, just the worst. Yeah. No, I remember living out West and it was so weird because uh, in the winter, cause we were so far North and so far West, like right up against right on the Western edge of the time zone. It wouldn't get light until eight 30 in the winter time. <laughs> oh, geez. it would stay light longer. So you'd stay light until five, you know, but because you're like you're, you're north and you're like right up against the time zone change, so it's like you're not quite an hour earlier there. But yeah, so where I was, like there were days it was getting light out until like eight thirty in the morning. It was really weird. That would be very weird. It was eight in that the morning and it's still but dark. Then the flip side of that, the flip side of that was in the summertime when, uh, like in like June, uh, it wouldn't get dark fully dark until eleven p.m. Wow. <laughs> I remember my wife being out there. Well, we were she wasn't my wife then. We were out there, but we were uh out in Montana where I used to live. And we went up into the uh, national park and we came down and we were like, "Oh man, we're hungry." And we were like, "Oh, we're going to go we're going to stop at Applebee's because it was the only thing that was open because it was like 11 after 11. Um and and, the, and it was there was it, the sky was still like there was still light in the sky. <laughs> That's crazy. 
That was crazy. Uh, I can remember like the like on the longest like that period around both sides of the longest day of the year, like in mid to late June, uh, like being outside, like having to take out the dog, and being in my backyard, standing in my backyard, looking north, out over the mountain range, and it, there was still blue in the sky to be like two o'clock in the morning. Like the sky never got totally black. Huh. Uh-huh. And I, you think about like places where it's like that, right? Where you get north, far north, where it's day all day and all night in the winter. It's like I couldn't live like that. I don't know how people do that. Like in Iceland or those places, you know. Blackout shades is the only thing I can think of. Yeah, well, they got to put they got to put a black, completely black shades on their windows because it's sunny out at night trying to sleep. Yes, that's, that's uh, yeah. I wouldn't be able to do it. Is is uh, awesome as that would be, like if I was, you know, younger and single, that would be party all night. But now in the, at this age, no, hell no. <laughs> no, <I need laughs> yeah, some might damn be fun sleep. to go vacation there sometime. I mean, I, 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 yeah, I wouldn't mind going to Iceland or someplace like that and seeing all the like the volcanoes and the kind of experiencing something like that. But uh, I couldn't live there. I think the first thing I ever read about something, you know, days like that would be that uh, whatever that place is in Alaska where they actually play a baseball game at midnight because it's light out. Um, weird. That's just weird. <laughs> I want to do that, though. That, that's that's a bucket list thing. I want to I want to attend the midnight baseball game where it's daylight. Yeah. Well, the Cubs should have played there. Then you could never have had suspended darkness. <laughs> right. <laughs> You just played all. You didn't need to put lights in the stadium. You just play all, play all night. Exactly. Suspended. What are you talking about? Yes, we're that old. You remember when they would suspend games because there was no lights at Wrigley Field. It was getting too dark. Yeah. Two and one. The count. Up oh, there. There's the umpire. The game's suspended. We'll pick it up tomorrow. Yeah, those were the days. All right, I'll uh, let you get out and save your voice, and then mine's starting to go too. So. All right. We'll end it there. All right, we made our picks. We got three different tomorrow. Uh, definitely a diversion from the seven and nine, and feels like all of them that we've been different on the last several weeks. But a bit more kumbaya this week, and we'll see how that turns out for us. All right, he is Jay. I am Dre. This has been the Football Party, the long version of In Much Less Detail, the podcast, the post-Thanksgiving version. I certainly hope everybody listening had a great Thanksgiving as well. And we will be back for the regular football party next Saturday night to pick the games for week 13 as we get ready to start football in December. And we will talk to you then. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.